0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. It's
1: the sport with simply suits. Before you go, first of all, it was Zidane, then Ronaldo, then Messi, and now Mbappe. His package um, for a transfer to um, Saudi is working out at how much a day? Is it a million euro, two million euro? Let me break this down, right? So Al-Halal are
2: offering Kylian Mbappe 700 million euro a year. That's 58.33 million per month. It's 1.9 million euro a day. It's just under 80 grand an hour. It's 1,332 euro a minute. 22 euro per second. He could sneeze and he'd earn 60 quid. Good God. Let's just change out of 2 million a day.
1: It's... Mind-boggling money How, why, do they, why do they do that? Why would, the, why would the Saudis be spending so much money? Same with Ronaldo, right? Yeah, Ronaldo's on
2: not quite as much money He's just on $6.78 a second So it's not quite as much Well, What's
1: the, the motivation behind it? Goals? Well, what it's is it?
2: Sports washing, I suppose, from the Saudis' point of view um, They want to improve their um, PR, I suppose In the eyes of the general public They think they can do that through football And offering the best players in the world Big contracts to come and play for them uh, is how they think they can do it, but it's a staggering amount of money that they're offering Keane and Back.
1: I mean, like eighty grand an hour. It's frankly ridiculous. In, it's insane. And 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 then he has an opportunity then to, to move on afterwards I was reading some of this morning is that right?
2: Yeah because he's told PSG he doesn't want to play for them beyond this season so PSG are thinking right we can cash in on him now I think al are offering PSG 300 million for his services he'd sign a one year contract for them earn his 700 million quid and then he could go off and play for Real Madrid which I think is what he wants to do ultimately Oh my god It's ridiculous It's mind boggling It's, it's just,
1: it, it really is But around. we say that every time another record gets broken but they just continue but to We'll climb. be saying
2: it next year like someone's earning 900 million euro a year and we would be like own." Arum, arum. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM.
1: Morning all, text 104 106 Quite an amount of variety in the newspapers this morning, starting with local, and we'll come back to this in a few minutes' time because Kevin Galvin was there last night as council delegation officials and councillors visited visited the flats and the residents on Noonans Road. That's a front page of making this morning's uh, echo where the um, executive was led by... The Cork City Chief Executive Anne Doherty and the and the delegation. So more on that as I say. Meanwhile, there was a lot of action at local council last night. One would think that if you had a fire station in Ballincollig and you actually had the bricks and mortar and the infrastructure and everything that was needed to have an operational fire station, that you would use it. But bizarrely, not. Um It's not going to uh, reopen, apparently. A fiery debate, at Cork City Council, yesterday evening, as councillors voted against the reopening of Balancholic Fire Station. Uh, again, it was the Chief Executive, Anne Doherty, saying that it wasn't required. Uh, because if you looked at the amount of call-outs, um, the Balancholic Station incident rate is way behind the likes of Anglesey Street, uh, when you look at the two. In fact, many of the councillors were very angry about this, but it still was voted down. be interesting to get the breakdown of the votes. I see Fianna Falls councillor Colum Kelleher, and of course uh, very much bellyncholic would be his, his parish, if you like. He said the proposed resolution is shameless, unconceived, dishonourable, um, an example of false hope and playing politics in an election year. Um, unfortunately, of course, you have continued uh, picketing um, by the good workers at Anglesey Street, with regards to this, uh, I hope their decision does not lead to a loss of life or the injury of somebody um, or the death of somebody in a fire in the area that may whose life may have been saved if the fire station in Ballancho was open. Uh, Much to do with the criminality and the youth making the papers today um, and unfortunately more attacks and assaults in inner city Dublin. The guards now are investigating two separate reports of assaults just two days after the US tourist was left fighting for his life following an attack and of course he's in a, a coma. I'll tell you more about that in a moment but the first incident of interest in the past 24 hours was on Aaron Key The attack left a woman in her 30s needing hospital treatment. Um, The second separate attack was on Ormond Quay. It's believed to have been a group of young teenagers... And there were multiple eyewitnesses who saw the carry-on of the teenagers. Two attacks, 800 metres apart. Lads in hoodies with their faces covered, lads. And then uh, see another one where a teenager seriously assaulted a man who remonstrated with a group of youths after a ball hit his car. He was gone in for a takeaway. Um, this was a 15-year-old boy. Uh, he'd been among a group who were playing football. And that's all very well. But the ball hit the car and your man... Had words with him. So he decides to sucker punch the man, the 15-year-old, knocking him to the ground unconscious. So the man suffered serious head injury, uh, can't go back to work and hasn't been able to go back to work. And the 15-year-old, who's 17 now, was in court, he had previous uh, convictions, including uh, convictions for assault robbery and drug offences but interestingly the judge said because of his early plea because of his remorse because of the support of his mother and because he had adhd she took into account that it wasn't a sustained attack and his young age as well at the time which was fairly decent of the judge because uh, i often wonder what about the victim the man with the serious head injury who can't go back to work she also noted the judge that covid had affected him significantly. So she put him on the probation supervision order for 12 months and that was the end of that. And then there's another case that makes the mail today of a man who's been jailed for nine years for killing his 25-year-old friend, who he stabbed in the neck because they had a row over a €100 debt and also something to do with a stolen scooter. It's the story of John Titloya's attack on Adamola Dizigiwa makes the front and, oh, sorry, the inside pages of the mail this morning. Life is cheap, isn't it? When you can kill somebody over a 100 euro debt and an alleged stolen scooter. So a nine year jail sentence for that one. Um and of course, we know of Stephen, who's in hospital. And family members are travelling to be with him. The New Yorker Stephen Termini. uh, The papers this morning say that the family are praying that their dad will wake up from his coma. His sons are flying to be with him. There was a GoFundMe to help them with the travelling costs. And of course he uh, was attacked on the corner of Talbot Street uh, last week. And much of it was captured on cctv there's been one arrest as we know of and much of it of course has been played out very much over the past few days that has led to um an awful lot and and it seems to have taken an american tourist for people to hopefully sit up and it's it's kind of sad in one way uh, that it's only now that people are beginning to realize that you know particularly with our youth that a proportion of them um and it only takes a small amount of them to make society unsafe are just running riot. Uh, I see that the tarnished uh, Micheál Martin yesterday, I don't know what paper I read it in, but he was saying that, you know, Dublin isn't dangerous and Ireland isn't dangerous and these aren't, uh, these aren't, um, you know, very common attacks and what have you. Um, but um, I see this morning that uh, Brenda Power is a very powerful uh, column again in the mail this morning because she goes back to 2021 when most people were safe at home in the depths of lockdown. There was a 49-year-old Mongolian woman who was walking back from her office cleaning job again on the inner city Quays of Dublin when a 14-year-old boy cycled up to the lone defenceless mother of two, demanded money when she had none to give him. He stabbed her in the neck and she died some days later. This wasn't the boy's first crime. It wasn't his first rodeo, as they say, let alone his first criminal offence. In fact, the time that he attacked this lady, uh, he already had notched up 31 previous convictions. Uh, and earlier in the same day, he'd gone into a spa shop and threatened an assistant with a blade. So he left this unfortunate woman to bleed to death. Um, and after that, uh, he left. Um, he targeted yet another immigrant woman after that, threatening her with a knife, uh, trying to steal her mobile phone. Uh, now, the guardie had gone to his home, apparently, to search for a well, a search warrant to... Looking for a stolen electric bike, and that's when the young fella made an unexpected confession. But the the point that Brenda Power is making in the papers today that all too often it is the perpetrator that the courts seem to be more interested in, and in mitigating service, uh, mitigating circumstances for the perp as opposed to the victim. She says the problem starts through which, uh, when such an approach fails to prioritize the victimhood of the people they attack slash threaten and rob and fails to acknowledge that society owes a higher duty to law abiding people trying to live their lives in peace and safety rather than it does to criminals of any age. So she's saying that the the system that processed the 14 year old killer uh, through 31 previous crimes without taking him off the streets um, put his welfare above the safety of helpless women. The point being that this guy who killed the uh, young woman who was coming back from her cleaning job should not have been on the streets because of his past. So teen gurriers, she says, must be made to fear the law or else nothing will change. And then here on side, the Echo has a court report. Um, the world is changing, for sure it is, and often not for the better. This is a cork man. There was an Indian motorist uh, being spoken to by the guardie for illegally parking, right? Um, when this guy, this cork man called Martin Doyle, her starts shouting at them check their passports there's too many of those effers being left into the country so he pleaded guilty to uh, engaging in threatening abusive and insulting words um, also being intoxicated um, and his solicitor Frank Bottomer actually said in court when I read the information uh, that I received to him He was mortified. He says he doesn't hold those views. But Judge Olin Kelleher said that had been fine. It wouldn't have been fine. But if he'd said it once, it would have been bad enough. But he made the remarks five times over and over. So he said the judge said that this offence merits a jail sentence. But instead uh, of the jail sentence, which could well have been two months, he got 200 hours of community service and was fined 300 euro for being drunk and a danger. So by the virtue of somebody's skin colour, of course, uh, all too often... People that like this character, or make make a judgment call that anybody that's here from another country is a freeloader or a bum or here just for welfare, and not realising that many of them, the vast majority of them, are working hard and actually a positive contribution to Irish society. What's that story with all that those gold bars? Do you think? Uh, the far—they call it the far right national party, um, whatever they want to be termed. They are the national party. They had four hundred thousand euro worth of gold bars in their vault. I think it's- Bizarre story as to why they'd have it. I'm quite sure they're being asked as to what's the deal with the 400,000 in gold bars. Anyway, apparently it was allegedly stolen uh, from their vault, but apparently it has now been located again. They call it golden plunder, blunder in the golden plunder in the sun this morning and gold case in the front of this morning's mail. There's much to do then with the Greek islands of Rhodes and Corfu and they fear that Crete will be next. Unfortunately, some of these fri- fires were deliberately started. For whatever reason, somebody would think it would be a good idea to start fires in the middle of a heat wave. But anyway, roads devastated by fire, um, and they call it a biblical catastrophe. I was listening to news talk this morning uh, before I came on air, and I think I heard Jonathan Healy saying uh, that while there would be, um, you know, fires in Rhodes and Corfu, and also potentially now in Crete, at Lake Garda in Italy there are hailstones fall, falling the size of golf balls it's nuts isn't it uh, meanwhile with regards to people moving around there is a lot of interest in a particular story in the uk and it makes the it makes the telegraph um, where migrants these would not be ukrainian refugees now these would primarily be international protection order males where there would be 500 migrant males put on a barge in a port in dorset and the first um, guests have started to arrive. So the, the Telegraph this morning um, just talks of uh, what life would be like on this barge where they say they will be provided with free hiking, cycling, cricket, festival excursions as well as onboard sports, gym, a 24-hour food service to keep, to keep them occupied. They will be free to leave the barge at any time on foot or by buses laid on every hour. Um, from 7 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night with free taxis to bring them back if they miss the last bus. The Telegraph says, as well as fully equipped gym with running, cycling, rowing machines and weights, they will have two TV rooms, five lounges, an IT room with desktop computers and free Wi-Fi, classrooms for English classes twice a week, a conference room where they can book meetings, activities and hobbies there's two there's two courtyards on board that have been converted one into a sports area with football basketball volleyball netball and the others into a space for picnic tables and chairs they say there's a 24 hour food service of breads spreads teas coffees soup of the day and three culturally sensitive meals provided in the barge's mess room um, the idea is that if they provide all of these services on board the barge that the 500 men would be less inclined to go into the towns or the villages. But they're having a field day with this story across the channel, actually, with many columnists saying, what the heck is going on? So that's an interesting one um, with regards to, they need to free up hotel rooms, you see, in the UK, so they're using these huge, big three-storey barges instead. Your thoughts on that are welcome, incidentally. Text 0868104106. I'm telling you yesterday... under um, climate changes because too many people now are driving electric cars the country is losing money so they need to find a way of making up to 3 billion euro that they're losing because of electric cars so they're saying uh, what do we do oh we'll increase the price of petrol we'll increase the price of diesel we'll put up excise duty and we'll charge motorists who drive petrol and diesel cars we'll charge them uh, to drive around in their cars so I was telling you yesterday the mail came up with the figure of a Cork to Dublin trip would cost 163 euro. It's so it's kind of it's it's so vague. i was never able to find out how they made up that it was 163 euro to go from Cork to Dublin. Um is that all with regards to um you know uh, environment taxes or does that include the price of the petrol? Uh, but Michael Martin Martin's come out and said that that will not go ahead. Um they don't want those kind of stories even if they are true as they're looking at uh, opinion polls where politicians Ratings are plummeting Um, But it's interesting because at the same time There are good news stories making the news And the Independent this morning Says the Irish state will pay the full cost of IVF cycles for women Up to the age of 40 But if you're 41 and over, forget about it And if your body mass index Doesn't meet the criteria As in if you're overweight then forget about it as well. So you have to be of a certain weight and a certain age to get the full cost of an IVF cycle. One would think that any woman or couple who wanted to try for a baby should be helped, wouldn't you think, rather than age, being a dictat. Uh, meanwhile, Barbie continues to rock and has been ranked the highest grossing movie in Ireland so far this year. And the numbers just in. In the first weekend alone, two Million, Just over 2 million. And if that wasn't bad enough, cinemas are making a fortune and so are the directors of both films because Oppenheimer has grossed over 1 million. So it's pretty amazing things. But the audience here in total for Barbenheimer in Ireland in the past few days, just under 4 million. I've no idea why Elon Musk has decided to, maybe you guys can tell me, to get rid of the little blue bird sign and replace it with an X but that's called a rebrand, I suppose. I don't know what the logic behind it is. I suppose he's a billionaire. He's got more time in his hands and doesn't know what to do with it. But the papers also talk about a lot of um, food-related stories. And we'll come back to them throughout the course of the morning. Suffice to say that one of them is involving Channel 4. They've been blasted because they've gone too far. There was a show involving Greg Wallace and Michelle Roux Jr., And apparently they were eating human flesh. My apologies this hour of the morning. It was lab-cultivated human flesh. And they cultivated it in a lab. There was a big slab of it. And then they went out on the streets of London asking members of the public to taste it. The only problem was and apparently they said that this human flesh could be um, um, very good for the environment um, and then we grow it in labs and then they turn it into steaks, burgers and sausages I don't know whether television has reached a new low with this but apparently the story was fake and they never warned viewers in advance that the subject matter was not real it was all makia another one, do you know how I tell you of things that appear in people's food um, sometimes it's on toast uh, so yeah with all different food with all different things appearing and apparently the latest one is um, a horrified mom who took a photograph of her husband's dinner because it had the Texas chainsaw massacre killer leather face appearing in her husband's dinner and it does look like him with the molten type face it was a chicken dish i was more interested in what the the, the man was actually eating okay it, it's interesting the texas chainsaw massacre on the piece of chicken but apparently the dish is bacon Wrapped with chicken breast, smothered in barbecue sauce and cheese and served with chips. Tasty enough. Tasty enough. And then uh, a lot of papers are talking about the eight good habits to help you live longer. What can I tell you about that? It's all of the things we should be doing and we know we should be doing. Be physically active. Never smoke. Have a good diet, lots of fruit and vegetables, sleep well. If you can get up to nine hours a night, I'm absolutely ghost here. I'm snookered because I never get anywhere near eight or nine hours sleep. So I'm finished. Manage stress well. Don't binge drink. Have positive relationships and remain free of all opiate addictions. So that's a brand new Ten Commandments for you to live by. Lots of other stories which will come back throughout the course of the morning, but you can text 0868-104-106. Back after the break.
2: Cork's number one talk show, The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM.
1: Last night uh, at Noonan's Road, um, the Chief Executive Anne Doherty led a delegation, reading from the echo this morning, a delegation from council to the local authority flats on Noonan's Road. Um, there were some officials there and I believe a number of of uh, councillors Dan Boyle was there Paddy de Deneen Colette Finn Mick Finn Fiona Kearns Sean Martin Thomas Maloney Mick Nugent Shana Callan and Terry Shannon also there was Kevin Galvin from this parish and he joins me uh, from his own studio just ahead of the audio so morning to you you were telling me before we came on air that in fairness to Shana Callan he visited every single flat is that right?
3: Yeah he was in every single uh, building that I went into um, I think a lot of the councillors were quite um Shocked. I think we all were shocked, really, to be honest. And I know, obviously, we heard Seamus speaking about this and he was quite upset by it. But, it, you know, it is like... Like, they're, they're not, they're in a really bad condition. And the executive members and the councillors both admitted that they were in a shocking condition. And the but photographs but, and the videos that you took, did you share those? I shared some of them. Uh, I didn't share all of them necessarily. I was very, very busy last night. Okay, but they'll be available. Um, they'll be available on, they'll be available available on our social media. they will be more put up again. I put up some, some of the worst ones. Actually, a kind of a, a very poignant moment in the visit was as we kind of worked our way down the road, we got to a street corner and there were, Two dead, festering rats. Saw them. Yeah. on the side of the road, yeah. and you should look at the faces. We have put it up on our on your popular Twitter page. Um, on, uh at New city manager looks the horrified, horrified, yeah. horrified. She really does, like taken aback. And she like, look, I would say what I would say is fair play to them for coming up and seeing it themselves. Fair play for listening to the residents, but like, there's no way. In God's name, that it should have ever gotten to the point where these people were living in the conditions. Okay, so they will they
1: we in. hear that in the audio also? And will is there reference also to why they cleaned it up in advance of the visit?
3: Yeah, I, I they, they. Look, I spoke to and Darty. I spoke to a number of councillors. Mm. They told me that uh, they had asked residents had asked for it to be cleaned up. It, it was a they say it was coincidental that it happened on the Friday and Saturday there's no
1: coincidence man there's no coincidence
3: that's what I, this is what councillors and executive yeah. members have told me but I, I spoke to the residents and I've, I've spoken to them and I've asked them about the place being cleaned up on Friday and Saturday because a lot of the residents were talking about some of the rubbish and some of the the crap that's been left and has been left there for quite some time and that's breeding rats but when you go there and we went there last night obviously it was nowhere to be seen so that is very frustrating for residents now Executive members said, "Look,
1: we've seen photos of the rubbish. We've seen what's there, but
3: it, it is very frustrating."
1: Okay, so you're broken it in into two different bits. You might want to load that audio yeah. then. I want to uh, give it a go. Um, I we'll, will get we'll that pick for it up you there, there. Now, straight away. Um,
3: and, uh, we need to go for it. But it is, it is like it's, it's, it's. Like it's for, for anybody who's living there and um, is, um, is trying to deal with it, it's enough, an awful lot to try
1: to deal okay. with. Okay, broken into two parts. So the first part, um, unfortunately, deals with, with rats. With a so rat issue, yeah, yeah. Not everybody's cup of tea, so bear that in mind. This is from, this is from uh, last night, lads. Have an Aish, and we'll come back after this bit.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's just so frustrating. You're trying to keep your house clean and then you're coming down to dirt and filth and they just don't care. There's sofas being thrown out, mattresses being thrown out, actual household waste and it's been just thrown there and then people think it's us and it's not like you know, and you're just trying to do it the best you can.
3: Mm. How did you feel about Friday and Saturday when you looked out your window and you saw all of a sudden people kind of working outside the front of the apartments? We saw the grass being cut. We saw rubbish being taken away. She
4: tears in and <laughs> <erasing> laughter. <laughs> no, honestly, look, I appreciate what they're doing because the rubbish has to be taken away. Yeah. But I, I, I would have preferred if it was left there. So everybody here... Mm. From the council, could see what we're actually living with. I know he's coming up and he's saying there's, there's no dirt wrong, there's not the backs are being cleared, and you know? As well. No, I know that, and I appreciate that. That's what I I'm saying. But at the mind. end of the day, you have to understand it's right, what we were living with all when, these when years. Yeah. All these years. We but why did they came to we asked them. We asked we them can't and in the not no, they come tomorrow? The no, no, we 21 years That's all. And we appreciate what they're doing. Don't you
5: not? Yeah, and I think there's a realisation that really what's happening here isn't acceptable. No, it's not. So I think what the needs to is to the if you want to if do you your, want to come your, up and look at my garden yeah. I'm in her our spend yeah
6: you should go yeah. and look at her backyard yeah. no, but oh, I have to she has a beautiful backyard the place needs to
4: be levelled my two grandchildren you should there. go in and have a look yeah. at her backyard you should be yeah. your two grandchildren down to when play, you play and note band with
3: all the rats and the mice and what you have to pass going out to get through
4: we saw two of them or three of them caged and it's not fair we're decent people up here that's right and we work just as hard as everybody else. and why shouldn't we be allowed to live in a decent area and decent house Accommodation We're pinning up rent mm. Now hopefully We'll get somewhere now But you know, for the last 25 years six, 26 years up here, It was all empty promises So I'm just hoping Now this time That they'll come true And they'll help us
3: is, is it too late For this building Do you think?
4: Absolutely Yeah It should be knocked it, yeah. everything, it should be knocked Knocked Gone And rebuilt And give us the choice To come back Yeah
3: Why do you think It took so long?
4: I actually don't know I'm too close. I, I think it's big yeah too quiet I don't they, they don't care they don't care we're forgotten up here I actually the thought they were closed down here. I actually we thought they, they were closed down the
7: maintenance
6: that it was gone I said hey, I think maintenance it's gone they, when true, they they yeah. through and not just here but all over the city I actually
4: thought it was gone it was closed and I think we've done our time now I think we deserve it do you know we have we deserve it I'm notes now for two years. Yeah, I mean, my children are all weird, you know. Like, we love our homes. We love our flats. It's not like... Do you know not, it's just like it's, it's I feel sorry now. the
6: people with the small babies yeah. they should be taken
4: out next week yeah. next week not next year next week yeah they shouldn't have to drop that well I'm embarrassed at the area because I have a lovely house yeah. <laughs> but I'm just embarrassed <laughs> of my area when the buses pass or I think I just run in said, oh my god shame to my life yeah shame to my life
8: lovely
4: places, Yeah, lovely yeah. yeah. They they up, there's yeah. some yeah. of them lovely and they have them lovely, yeah. lovely
6: yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and a lot of money yeah. going from yeah. behind the door you know you
9: get no incentive encouragement to do that either
4: No, 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 you don't.
3: How much would you say, if if you don't mind me asking, how much you've spent? How much in terms of repairs and doing...
4: in the
10: 26
4: the years the oh Jesus I'm declaring we'll
10: thousands
3: so yeah. yeah. I'm going to thousands yeah easy because at
4: my garden my house yeah. okay. uh, yeah. we did it all yeah. ourselves did all, you did all
5: yeah. uh, yeah. uh, the painting ourselves and stuff. Yeah. Uh, like we just yeah like that's not unusual because a lot of tenants yeah. they represent the man yes left. a lot of tenants invest in their yeah, homes but I suppose
3: when tenants invest our money they expect the area to be kept nicely you know that's the
5: point we paid for
4: it and then they carried on the rest of the block Yeah left us there then they owed our money in, and they yeah. didn't they know, up in yeah. did not yeah. finish nothing. that's all destroyed yeah. me you so that's not me fair me either and yeah.
6: what oh, we oh, do any time oh, oh. a bus comes or a car we oh. run inside
3: because you're so embarrassed by yeah. your house.
6: My sister made up the game. I saw a mouse. I saw a dead mouse in my bedroom. Well up here now to the top there's three two dead rats up there now on the road. Yeah. And, oh, you can and, um, that one. and um I had to sleep on the couch last night,
11: oh, night.
3: Why is that?
6: Because there was mice in my room.
3: And is that your, your daughter, Linda? Oh, that's
6: no, that's my daughter, daughter. her. That's your daughter, yeah. so... And, and, so. And, she ha- and she has a five-week-old baby. Yeah.
3: Well, how do you feel hearing her telling, you know, like, she also shouldn't be...
8: No, like, she was up now this morning when I got up um, to feed the baby at quarter to five, like, because it was nice running around her bedroom. It's grand now because she hasn't got school, but when it's a school morning,
3: yeah.
8: do you know what's crazy?
3: But sure, I mean, even... And you everyone's trying their best to try and make the best life that they can, but then when you look, it must make you so upset to see desperate. It it's
8: desperate, it's desperate, it's, not, it's just yeah. not fair, like, so hopefully now... By this tonight there'll be something done about
5: it my, my dad see, told me that I'm not allowed out the
6: back because there's rats and mice. yeah there's rats
3: as well so where, where are you supposed to go
12: she can't go anywhere I she's can't go outside, outside. She,
6: she is out I'm
13: out
12: watching
8: her supervising
12: all. The I time. have to go to the tarmac if I'm not, if I'm not go, I can't if I'm going outside or I have to go to my nan's back
3: so your nan's back is at least
10: somewhere
8: yeah.
12: Yeah. safe yeah.
8: She's enclosed. Oh, yeah, that's exactly. That's shocking. Yeah. So, so you're bringing... So they, sorry, now, where, where are, are they, they, coming? they coming from? They're coming from the drains. Like that, no they're right. coming from from the, from the source, which which would yeah. which be... Which yeah, be, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, no,
12: no, yeah.
10: And they're coming yeah, from, from vacant properties here behind us okay. with, that are, cleared, that are con- they're condemned. They're cleared this way. So they co- okay, they were cleared.
8: Vacant properties that are part of the complex. OK, sorry. There's nobody. sorry, i just trying to understand.
10: Nobody living in them. They've been condemned. Uh, some of them have been abandoned. And the, the housing, yeah, the housing yeah. officer wouldn't have had yeah. any There's engagement with neighbours to say, "Look, yeah. we're looking out to get somebody housed there, to you know, bring community development." You know, uh, we have people from Tanya. You're from Germany. Germany. We have Poland. Poland. Yeah. Uh, this is multicultural. We all work with every background uh, and we're all here in the foreground that Cork City Council have arrived tonight, and it is quite evident that it is. It's it's actually disgusting and it is a hazard. Uh, Residents in 98th Street have texted me, vulnerable people living there, uh, elder people living there. So they're coming from the back gardens of St Femmes Road into their properties, into their yards. So it's not just estate management there, it's like who's managing uh, council properties um, that are boarded up with metal shutters in St Femmes Road so it's a breeding ground for rat infestation people are doing the best in their own properties do you want to harm your own kids with poison or your own pets you know so i think that's a red flag it's a red
14: flag
1: okay that's the first part of that that was William O'Brien there wrapping up that part of the Vox he's a community activist who first brought this to to my attention some weeks back so you also heard from the likes of uh, the uh, chief executive and I you heard Dan Boyle chiming in there Terry Shannon saying they should be knocked and one of the residents asking, why did you come up and do all of this cleanup ahead of the visit? And Sean Martin says something along the lines of because you guys asked us to. It was nothing more than something you requested. It shouldn't have been done, though. It should not be done until today. Everything should have been left as it was last night. Um, I know we are talking not just about uh, Noonan's Road, but also St. Finbar's Road. Um, and I think it's maybe something like 10 years since I last spoke to Eileen Rahali. Eileen, good morning. Hi yeah. Neil um, thirteen years. Thirteen is it thirteen years, yeah?
7: Thirteen years.
1: Yeah. So whatever way it was um, thirteen years ago, it's a hell of a lot worse now.
7: Well, the complaint that I was on to you about is now twenty one years old. Stay oh this waiting. this is
1: where this is where your leak your roof leaks almost, yeah, so much that if you switch right. on the light, the light bulb bursts.
7: That's the know. I was on to you. So we know in October we will have reached twenty one years. And I have had five visits from them, taking photographs and looking and telling me it'll be done. I've had so many photographs. And then an the electrician came four years ago when Thomas Maloney went in to report it again. And the electrician came out and I asked him, to say, OK, you're fine for now, but you won't be.
1: But nobody, nobody would be able to say that you're not going to get an electric shock Uh, You you potentially could get an electric shock if there's water coming through the ceilings and into the light fixtures, blowing bulbs. That's a potential hazard.
7: Yeah, that's what I was told. He said he'd bring the reports back. And that was was four years ago. That was four years ago, Ah, and I'm still... So, 21 years. So, Neil, it's not about me and my roof. It's about what the answers, the no answers and the no communication when you ring... Maintenance, you don't get maintenance anymore. Um, you actually you it, actually
1: thought, and your husband as well, that the maintenance department was gone. It didn't exist anymore. I
7: said to my husband, I had rang about a chute that's going to fall, right? There's asbestos in the chute. Yeah. And it's in the front. It's not going to fall on me because I know it's there. But the postman comes in, and the children go up and down, and it's going to fall on somebody. Okay. So I reported on the 17th of January, and I've heard nothing, right? The, the, the thing is still there, hanging down.
10: Yeah,
1: and so, were you, were you, I, you, Yeah, but you know, last night, everybody who was there seemed to be very shocked and horrified and surprised, but they shouldn't I be surprised.
7: and horrified at what I'm not just saying, and what I didn't know was in some of those flats, I actually, the HSA would want to be bought out.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing oh, yeah, actually because the um, the, the conditions the. that city council as landlords allow tenants to live in would not be tolerated for one second if it was a private landlord, but yet they seem to get away with it without anybody taking them to task. So much so that you feel, I see in your in your text that you feel as if you're you're, um, you're you you don't even feel like you're human with them. Um, you feel it's degrading that you're just a nuisance. That you're not worth their time.
7: Yes. And I've lost the fight, you'll be deflated. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm older now, you know, I wouldn't have great health... I wouldn't have the same fight, to me, if you know what I mean.
1: But I'm wondering, is your asthma and your COPD being made worse because of dampness and mould and leaks and broken heating systems and the conditions in which you live? Or
7: it wouldn't help me, you know, and then we're filling up the hospital beds. I'd say the Holy Nunez Road has the beds taken over.
1: And, And tell me this, I heard a part of that report there talking about condemned and abandoned flats. Um... How, how how many of them are empty and for how long?
7: In mine you now at the moment we have six empty and we're a very small block. We would have maybe 17 here. So six would be empty if I'm counting right. Mm. The one underneath me when I spoke with you 13 years had been empty 10 years at that point.
1: Is it still empty?
7: It's, it's empty again now. So the man has died. So what happens is they put some, they, they clean the back when it empties. They clean, they don't do it straight away. They wait and they have somebody to go into this flat underneath me. Then they'll empty the rubbish that the other person has left behind, which is next okay. to my kitchen windows by the time they come. And then this other person will go in who may not have been, and they start the rubbish again recycle starts all over again. Somebody
1: said in that report that people are dropping sofas and dirty mattresses and household waste. Mm. That, that are you saying that you these can't are get that. are these no, are strangers doing the Actually. dumping or are are some no, of the residents? Most
7: dumping? of mine has been From the people living here. Just the man himself, we'd say. So then I ring the council and they tell me man we say they're going to take legal action against him, right? To court. So we go on another 10 years while I live with the rubbish, and we get we, do, we never get to the court case because the man dies, so the man never goes to court. So what will happen now is they'll clean it again, put somebody in, else in, and I start the cycle all
1: over. It, and they dump as it. well their own rubbish outside in the garden. They do,
7: the garden. yeah. This man was dumping his own rubbish. I went down one So if, day, city, died, if City
1: Council turn around, go ahead, one day what?
7: I went down, he had died on the Friday, I think. And I went down on the Sunday with a pair of flip-flops on me, as I would, to try and take out the black restless rubbish that he'd left because I knew it was food and, you know, they weren't going to come out and take it away. So I had to move it. So I went down to the back. There was a piece of wood with nails sticking out of it. I stood on that. I rang the walking clinic in Toker. They told me to come out. They would give me a tetanus injection. I paid €40 euro for the walking clinic and I paid €35 euro for the injection. You'd have it to cost an me €75 yeah. euro to, yeah. to move somebody else's rubbish.
1: Yeah, which you shouldn't have to and be I doing told, in the first
7: place. Which I shouldn't But, have but done. what if City There's Council
1: turn part. around and say that the rats and um, the issues with regards to rodent infestation is because some of the residents in the flats are dumping?
7: Yes, yes. I mean, yeah, that's going to happen, isn't it? I mean, that's obvious.
1: So are there some... I just want to be clear about this because I don't want to yeah. be unfair to anybody. Are there some residents who don't have bin collections and are just dumping their rubbish anywhere they want? Yes. OK. OK, well... They'll
7: store the, it in the back.
1: Why don't they have refuse collection?
7: They don't pay for it and they just store it in the back and then okay. I, it's under my kitchen windows and it's coming up, coming up, coming up. So coming for up. those
1: of you that do... Have refuse collection yeah. and are proud, or would love to be proud of where you live. You have to suffer the consequences of that.
7: Yes, I have to have that. I have to live with that under the windows then for at least ten years before they put somebody else in.
1: Okay, okay, all right. You know, and okay. that's
7: an ongoing cycle. If you know what I mean, that's mm. an ongoing cycle. Like you, you get tired. You were very tired. All
1: right, okay, uh, and clearly you've 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 witnessed rats. Have you?
7: No, i you know I haven't seen any rats because I'm up high and I don't get out much, and I don't go down the back garden. My husband goes down to cut that, and I have mouse alarms in the house. I have four of them, and I had to get the really expensive ones. I got four of them for 140 euro. And I put those in and I change them every year so that I don't have anything in the house.
1: Right. What are, what's a mouse alarm? How does that work?
7: If you plug it in, it's um, an alarm. It's a supersonic. You have to get the, the really expensive ones because the cheap ones don't work.
1: I used to I I thought none of them worked. I thought they were a complete cod, though well,
7: they no I mean they keep them out of the house. they won't keep them out of the ceilings, but they keep them from entering the room because they right. don't like okay. the noise.
1: do you Do you, you know? think that now, following say the visit last night and all of the media attention, that some that they're going to be flattened that you'll be moved out? that something will be provided for you while they rebuild and you can go back in again. Do you think that's what's going to happen now? No. No, why?
7: I just don't. I mean, I've had years and years of promises and no, I don't. I don't think it's going to be that simple. And I also think for a lot of people it's going to be very stressful, including for me. Okay. Very stressful. Okay. I find it very stressful.
1: All right. Okay, um, uh, good to catch up all these years later, unfortunately, under worse circumstances than the last time we talked. Um, I, hope, yeah. I hope I I hope. hope that you're wrong. I hope that this will be the catalyst mm. for change. We shall see. Stay in touch, mm-hmm. Eileen, and look after yourself, all right?
12: Yeah,
7: and thanks
1: very much. Thanks. All right, girl, take Bye care of yourself and your lovely husband. Back after the break, part two of that audio after the break with some other issues that you need to hear. Winner of two gold
2: at the Imro Radio Award 2022
1: The Neil Brenderville Show Okay, back to Noonan's Road from last night an awful lot got done last night uh, some different members of the uh, community who lived there um, brought uh, resident, other residents and indeed council officials and Doherty amongst them and indeed local councillors into uh, some of their flats and some of their apartments so Eileen kicks off this piece of audio just talking to her there and then she'll be followed by other residents Christine, uh, Linda and Martin showing their flats to members of the group that were around the area last night.
3: Hi, hi uh, my name is Kevin hi, Alvin. I'm working hi, here today at the friend hi. of the show. Can I have a quick chat with you, please? Yeah. Is that
1: Hang on one second now. I need to get this right. I've got, different, uh, I've got different pieces of audio here. There's about three or four of them. This is the piece, my apologies.
6: This is a roofing of 21 yes, years. Yes, yeah. This, is, When this started off, this was a half an hour job that would cost a thousand euro. It now costs about 20,000 euro, I'd say. See all the wash coming across the yes, ceiling? Yes, yes. Yeah. I have a thing down here so that when the water comes down the wall, it doesn't go into the next ceiling and come down to the
13: sitting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
6: So I try to soak it up. There's a pot in there to try and catch what comes down here in the heavy water. Is no. that not
5: bad? Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. And why
6: am I waiting twenty-one years?
5: Okay, I don't. I look at it. To, I mean, it tick. is yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, I know not. that. I know that. Yeah. My husband yeah. is a builder. Yeah. And he'll tell you that job's a half an hour. Okay. Yeah. So why twenty-one years? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Okay.
6: I'm on antibiotics again. Okay. My chest. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even like the curtains, none the of them match. it turn
5: up out because
6: just some...
12: the girl
1: next door
12: just gave me her. Everything gets mildew. You so
5: had to move the bed off today, right?
12: Everything is kind if of all there. So they've up there,
5: you get mildewed. The wardrobe, was the same. The clothes were getting
10: mildewed
12: in there. Okay. If we just gave up interest sir. Like, oh, I don't expect the council to be doing everything. We moved in here. We got our own heating in. Like, I believe, you want to do your own things. You can't depend on the council. Yeah, yeah, you know, all the yeah. time. You want a nice home. Yeah, yeah. We always had her. Got in my own bathroom. Done my own heating, my own front door. But everything is just gone. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. now. And
5: yeah, Yeah, I know yeah, they're they're they And, and they're country 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 yeah. 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 yeah, no, think, and you can tell. Oh, so you know. the and not so yeah.
12: Okay. Uh, said he'd send someone up to have a look uh, at okay. uh, stain. Uh, 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 okay. that was about twelve months ago. Okay. Okay. We're sick of not being heard.
5: Alright. Okay. No, no. See the. I show you here. I
12: My daughter
10: See the moisture. Yeah. That's no, what the the East That's you recently. That's So okay. the chimneys are leaking as well. Like They okay. would have been in, in well, other areas Like, Brian, at the minute,
12: I would love just to go next door. The girl next door got a house across the road. Her flat is perfect.
10: Okay.
12: Like She's, she's right
5: next door to you yeah. here. She's she yeah, okay. She's got a transfer got across the, the house. road. Okay.
12: I would love just and for the time
5: number, being. And number one. Let me see how many do Okay. I'm number six. You're six.
12: number four.
5: Number four. Okay. Okay, it's perfect Spot. She's
12: going to like she leaves the blinds the whole lot. Okay.
5: You have all those details I mean, okay. yeah. Can you, can you yeah, yeah, yeah. push
12: that for yeah. me, Brian?
5: Okay, I'll, I'll come back to you and I won't make any promises, but I I'll promise you we'll look at it. you
4: grandchildren, know what am I supposed to do with them like? Do you know, I'm after investing it all for a lot of money and time and everything, and I just, it's just not fair. Because because of what was going on yeah. 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 And the dirt and the felt and the rats. I'm afraid to bring them down now. I'm even afraid to hang up my washing, like. you know? And it's hard, Then when you've all this and you can't enjoy it. Mm. Because it is a sun trap. It's beautiful in here. The sun is there. Everything. And then... Exactly what goes on. You can't be your grandchildren out there. She cries into my me every morning. I the time.
7: I
6: know
12: what
4: she It is. It's frustrating, you know, it's sad. It is sad, do you know, it's all destroyed now, it's So
12: well, These two big places here had
8: waste and all sorts, so it's now been cleared, mm. so well, is that where the rodents were coming from, do you think,
4: like, or...? Well, it's, it's, it's the whole back, really, yeah. it's not just there. It's just there, yeah. It's yeah. not, it's just the whole thing there, do you know, no. that coming through, and all enough is enough, like, you know? Mm. I mean, like, I mean, I was here last week, like, can you my grandchildren when it was lovely and sunny? Hmm. And they were looking at my where can we go to the garden? And I'm like, I'm not going to say, there's rats there, like. I'm kind to of frighten them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're only small. And all their toys and everything were the, saying, the shed up there, and
12: <laughs> can't leave them out It's
14: isn't the piping, the lower bit? bit here. I'm not sure. I think it may have been when the last... <laughs> I'm sure that's there before I came. And you are here 17 years? So I'm here 17 years. Okay, well okay. I moved in June 2006. Okay. Uh, look, Did I the lines there, serious cracks here and Yeah. Several times I had to redo the flooring. Okay. Um, getting painters in over the years, and you know the paint doesn't apply uh, to the wall that easy at all. It's kind of whatever way to finish it was on the wall and the cement, yeah. the paint doesn't stick to it Do you get as much as through? it should. Do you, know Do you know get that? coming through? A lot of burpins herb well, have that problem. I'm lucky here I'm not. Okay. I, I don't have that issue here in my apartment but there's other situations. Um with the apartment that could be largely improved you know
3: okay how, sorry Martin how much would you say you actually spent in total on repair job
14: oh, I would yeah. say well with repairs and plumbing and different things over the years I would estimate at least uh, I suppose oh it's hard to tell I suppose it could be 8,000 it could be more I'm talking now between doing the yard yeah um General and that's just for materials. I mean, your your
12: labour, you're not costing ah, it all. Like, gonna, know,
14: sense. We'll get, but if, live, if we got you know, other people to do it, it have a lot more. more, twice, twice yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm talking, but no, that all includes the tiling, yeah. everything that's done um, over this. Just in
3: terms of the last time you had to contact the council for repair
14: work, like how long was it before contact life, contacting yeah, them? I've actually last counted time because um, I just uh, got to the stage where uh, if there was something I, I'd... Go off and do it well, I wouldn't do it myself, but I guess I have one or two friends who would probably be would be qualified, yeah. you know. And there's certain things you can't do, exactly. You
9: can
3: exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you know,
9: have, you have to stay investigation
10: really, electrics not going to well. yeah. No, I, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a
9: seven-year-old.
3: I keep standing up. <laughs> <as well. laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you feel just about like counselors exactly. walking around your apartment, I like that? It, it's the it's the gotten so bad that they're
14: they're seeing what's reality, you know, yeah. what needs to be changed. And um it's it, to benefit everyone really. This is why I'm allowing them to view it, yeah. you know. Just it's, it's for a, an overall benefit for the road. I love the yeah. Uh the front facade of the buildings is um a nightmare to look mm-hmm. at. I think I'm embarrassed to say the least. Uh with especially um on the main route to near for Varns Cathedral yeah. and all the various uh places around here, you know. It's to be honest. He's it, bringing
15: friends all around,
14: and- Yeah. Yeah,
15: it yeah. does impact yeah. I
14: mean, once you get in the door, it's not too bad. But the outside is is, yeah. is bad. I feel that um, the image of an area has a lot to do with the um, the mood of the people in the area, mm. and I think they're 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 let down big time by the appearance of the overall appearance of the road. Mm-hmm. It's its a disgrace, to be honest. In 2023, like, it, it should not be this bad, mm-hmm. you know? No, I think it, it has a lot of impact on people's mental health. The visual... Um, Uh, look at the place if it's so bad like it it would get people down big time
3: because I mean some people were texting in show saying knock the place and rebuild
14: it like that's how how some people feel there's no option at this stage but to knock them they're they're, they're beyond repair beyond
1: repair some of the residents uh, last evening a couple of interesting points lots of interesting points they wanted to jump out the the gentleman who was talking about that you know the physicality of where you live and the area in which you live the bricks and the mortar and the layout and how it is really does very much impact on your wellness. That was a an excellent point and another chap then who himself just is like an invisible man. Nobody listened, nobody would ever come, nobody would ever respond. So he spent eight grand of his own money and probably limited funds, 8,000 euro uh, repairing and getting work done because his landlord, never forget the most important word of all of this, landlord uh, refused to do it. If it were private, it would never be allowed to happen. Now show red fm okay text 0868 104 i'll go back to um actually it was interesting because kevin got an opportunity to talk with the chief executive and doherty who was there last night um interestingly um it's kind of it's kind of peculiar because um I, i've we've tried on numerous occasions uh, to talk with uh, the uh, chief executive for almost a year now um, and it's never it's never worked out. Uh, no one was coming back, and in spite of many requests, it just never happened. So it was like the same situation for some bizarre reason with uh, me, Hall Martin. In spite of numerous attempts to to talk to him on the air as T shook, uh, tarnished, uh, and you know Southside TD, it's just not happening. There never seems to be a time that suits him or those that are managing his diary. It just has never worked out. I, a distinct impression that he's are there avoiding me for some bizarre reason but anyway Kevin was uh, in the right place last night because he did manage to talk uh, with the chief executive um, she appeared unaware that we've been trying to contact her for the last number of months about lots of different issues but he did speak to her before she visited the various apartments on Noonan's Road on lots of different topics including news in Noonan's New Road and housing uh, and indeed footfall in the city um, and, and things like that so it's that, for, for that reason alone is interesting uh, just to hear her, her talking on, uh, on this, on this programme so there's that and lots more uh, and we'll start with that part of it have a listen
3: and hi, uh, my name is Kevin Alvin. I'm working here today at a friend of the show. Can I have a quick chat with you, please? Uh, is that alright? Yeah,
8: yeah. Well, yeah. it's probably the elected members there more and That's alright, but I yeah. want
3: to make sure we chat to yourself because we've been oh, trying yeah. to chat to you for the last couple of months on the show.
8: Ah, um, uh, no, that's unfair. Is it? It is, because I've offered I'll go any day, but I have to have prior notice.
3: And we've given you, we have emailed a few times.
8: Well, to who?
3: To your communications office on about four or five different occasions and every on time the d-
8: on the day, though.
3: No, no. We've oh, asked for any time uh, up oh, till Christmas, up towards oh, Christmas.
8: Yeah, but I've said I will Okay, I'll draw yeah. You did because you
3: had told Neil Yeah yeah and we have, um, we have We, well, we, we have we emailed over and over again okay, I can tell you There's
8: been a few occasions where you've emailed on the day And I just haven't been available yes, Which is yeah,
3: no, where you followed up and said Look yeah. if she's available any time in the next yeah. couple of weeks We'd love to speak See, to her right. and we just, Absolutely. You, then, okay. Well, okay
8: I'll talk to you now There's a, break, a breakdown in communication yeah. But no sure I've done it before with Neil okay. Absolutely.
3: No that's why yeah. once you're happy yeah. Look I, I suppose you, you've just seen the outside Have you managed to have a look at the inside I wasn't say
8: no because I was late Because we had a council meeting so I will there now in a minute Okay. get into one of the um, homes. Yeah. Well,
3: what are your feelings on it, looking from the but outside? You, we
8: all know that we all want the right thing for here. Yeah. Um, in fairness to the elected members, for years they've been on about, it's about getting the right solution that everybody can work together on. But I think, you know, I'm very hopeful that that can happen now.
3: Um, just, I suppose some of the residents were on to our show particularly about some of the work that was done over the weekend. They thought it was a bit cynical that Friday and Saturday all of a sudden there were workers down here, there was yeah. grass being cut. Are you kind of aware of all that work going on?
8: I, well, I I'm not I was actually on holidays I'm only just back uh, today and um, so I saw that on the papers I spoke to the maintenance people earlier and they said well that was something that had been asked for it was just coincidental okay. I, I mean I'm not we're not that cynical we wouldn't okay. do something you know, so it wasn't it that wasn't, would, that wasn't be, for tonight so. to be honest that would be kind of on the verge of nonsensical yeah yeah okay. I think that there was an by understanding it from the council meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago I wasn't there because I was on holiday that um there was an ask for people to come over this evening but also for some clean up to be done so that's what that was about so there's no cynicism intended
3: yeah no problem just um, I suppose just hopefully we'll be able to put some of the questions to you on the show in the next couple of weeks but just while I'm here and I have you just we've been having a lot of people contacting us who are tenants or they're on the HAP scheme or they're they're direct tenants of Cork City Council they've showed us some of the conditions they're living in like are the council are are they letting the ball drop in terms of housing that people are living in in Cork at the moment
8: I think I mean I think you have to look at everything in a context. We've ten and a half thousand homes, um, so you know, it's a our stock. I think the teams have done some amazing work for the last number of years. Obviously, it's all subject to getting funding streams in. We've been very fortunate to be able to use, um, um, you know, energy improvement and all that to refurbish some homes. But you know, we're constantly trying to improve our stock. Absolutely. But I mean, we do have um, our, you know, your grand- we have our. Um, our customer- for service line, you know, and people can register their, their concerns there, but we're always, commi- we have a very big housing stock, and I think that's part of the challenge. So we're not dropping the ball, but I know not everybody is equally happy. I'm sure the people who are very happy with the service, unfortunately, don't ring your
3: and show. Naturally enough, of yeah. course. And that, that's always the way with everything yeah, on yeah, this show, yeah. totally naturally, yeah. but at the same time, no, no, there is a, quite a lot of people recently we've noticed, or at least maybe okay. it's just a trend that we followed, where mold has been a huge issue, damp has been a huge issue people have complained about having to be on inhalers like that's not really the sign of a of a house that's fit for living in is it? Well,
8: well I think we, we all have those challenges in our homes yeah. in terms of depending on the age of our homes. So we are obviously all very mindful of the need to retrofit homes and make them fit for... We're talking about very old stock in some parts of the city, so we just have to have programmes to work through how we address it. And and we all as well in our own homes have to... uh,
3: I suppose these people would say they don't have control over the homes that they live in because they're owned by the council, so it's the responsibility of the council to make sure that those homes are up to standard.
8: Yes, absolutely, but I suppose we um, we need to work together in relation to that. Um, we need to ensure that those homes that people have concerns about, that we know about them. And I suppose rather than ringing your show, if they could talk to their local maintenance team or through our customer service line or their local elected representatives, because I don't know whether they've registered those issues. I'm sure they have, but just, you know.
3: That's what they're, they're telling us anyway. Yeah, that this We're their last resort, essentially, yeah. and, and then and we're hoping. that shouldn't
8: be the case. And I would ask them to please engage with us, and then we can try and work together to address concerns.
3: And look, just finally, um, while I have you again, um, we spoke to Joseph Cotter this morning. He owns Household Linens, which recently came out of business. He was okay. quite critical on our show again. And look, uh, you know, our show is, we tried to, uh, you know, bang the drum when we can. But yeah. of course, you have to be honest as well about people. And Joseph was being particularly critical about access into town. He's seeing the town is kind of dying on its feet at the moment. People aren't going into shop there. Parking rates have gone up. The, the overall safety in the city is, is, you know, and I'm sure you've heard Deirdre Ford's comments in the last couple. months about how she feels about the city and safety. So just in terms of like is town how do you feel has that town has kind of progressed since you've taken over as as CEO and here in, in city I think,
8: I think cities all over the world are changing mm. um, retail is changing very very significantly definitely I think um, Covid changed people's passions and behaviours but I don't know if you've been in town yourself recently but I was in town on Saturday, Friday mm-hmm. and you couldn't walk up and down Oliver Plunkett Street with the amount of people mm-hmm. the place was absolutely hopping uh, Um, The stores I went into, which would be some independent traders as well, were um, describing a fairly lively trade environment. So I think that there is a mix. Um, I think you're talking about car parking charges. Like there are two city uh, hall-owned and operated car parks in the city, Paul Street and North Main Street. You won't find cheaper anywhere in any city. I would argue in Ireland, England, Scotland, or Wales. Um, So, and also there is very significant on-street car parking still in the city centre. So I don't accept the it, car parking is the barrier. Yeah. And we also have a park and ride. And we also now have a growing and strengthening bus service. So there's plenty of options about how all of us engage with the city. Mm-hmm. In relation so it's
3: just Joe, I suppose Joe pointed out he had a figure. He said 29% he was down on pre-COVID. And he said the footfall is, he can see it every day, that well, it's down particularly I, during weekdays. So I, I don't know, I, uh, we're, I I'm just, just telling go, you.
8: I can only go on the footfall counters yeah. and that's not what they're telling. Okay. And I don't want to dis- the experience of an individual trader and I'm very sorry to see their business close but that's a a trading decision for a business but the feedback that we're getting from a lot of businesses is that there is a very lively trading environment, it is changing, there is no doubt, retail is changing and the city has to adapt and adapt with that trade changing environment. I think people come to cities for experience so the importance of things like the Crawford Art Gallery having good food and beverage offering having nice place. Places for people to enjoy within the city are as important as the retail offering now. And that's the changing environment. We have seen new um, offerings come to the city centre. In the last, we have Dune, we have North Face, Mangor coming back into the city. So there is, a, it's, its it's a very moving feast, is that the right word? No, At the I know moving. what you mean, yeah. it's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a changing
4: landscape. It is
8: a changing landscape yeah. and I mean cities are challenged all over the world I mean I was in uh, i was in a couple of cities in the last six months and they are all faced with the same challenge hmm. which is, you know, change in, the, change in people's behaviour around retail, change in attitude in terms of what's acceptable, what isn't acceptable and you mentioned um, safety and security I mean it's the chief super you need to be talking yes, to, not well, me now about that that. but obviously we have a JPC process and you've been at it and you've heard the Chief superintendent, the statistics for the city so...
3: Yes, I suppose I can see. I can see your sciences and uh, look again. And thanks so much not for speaking totally to us. I'm, we're looking forward to hearing no, you on no, the no, show. No. Absolutely. As
8: I said, I, no problem. I've done it before with Neil. I did it with PJ recently. I'd be delighted to. But what's helpful for me and for you and for your listeners is that I've an idea in advance, because yeah. then I can like I can't carry all the information in my little head, and um, so it's useful if I have an idea in advance about the types of issues that people would like to discuss. Oh. Absolutely, not a problem. Be delighted to. Been
1: so long i've even forgotten what i wanted to talk to her about in the first place not as if there isn't enough to be talking about i suppose there's plenty one of the points there with regards to cheap parking dairy is a euro an hour um uh, well it's probably a pound an hour i suppose when you think of it uh, unfortunately but hopefully sooner rather than later Derry will be using the euro and not the pound fingers crossed but anyway um here it's 270 in paul street which means that if you go into the second hour in paul street it's going to cost you five euro and 40 cent um, I think that really, if they want to be serious about getting people back into the city with the public car parks, it should be a euro an hour and try and make up the money somewhere else. Um, I don't know, maybe a city tax on hotel bedrooms would be a good idea. Maybe a euro a night on every single hotel bedroom given directly to City Hall. Call it a tourist tax if you want. We pay it when we go overseas. We pay significantly more than euro a night. It would bring in millions uh, and that could be used then to subsidise the cost of parking. Just the thought for what it's worth. A lot of text then on where people live and what, what they have to put up with. There was an interesting one where one of the residents said that I was once talking to a council worker in my housing estate and he told me that you will find that, unfortunately, many in council have contempt for for particular areas and its people. He said that um, most council tenants would be viewed by certain people within councils as underachieving losers. Uh, I think that the mentality of a lot of those middle-class people working in City Hall is that way to be honest, uh, says Patrick. Uh, others are saying, I saw those workers on Noonan's Road too. First time seeing them in years. It's a total disgrace. This was the clean up in advance of all of the work that was doing. And um, I noticed that uh, the uh, chief executive officer and Doherty said that that was coincidental and that it would be nonsensical to suggest that there was any kind of syn- cynical intent. It was just coincidence. I don't believe that there's any coincidence in this. I think the whole thing was manufactured to get it done to make things look better for the visit last night. Interestingly, talking about answering or indeed talking about ringing the customer service line is like a turkey voting for Christmas because nobody answers uh, customer service lines. Or if they do, uh, you're just long fingered. Don't even begin to talk about um, whether or not you can get onto a maintenance department and get something done because I've heard chapter and verse over and over and over again from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tenants over the years. Um, many, many just get nothing at all done, and if you're lucky, you're grateful. But you just—it's—it's it's just down to sheer luck, because unfortunately, uh, many people just go completely and utterly ignored. I understand that there are ten thousand homes on city council's books. But if they can't cope with them, uh, then they need to uh, do something about it because saying we have so many that we can't get to ever everyone is not a business model that will prove to be successful because it isn't proving to be successful so your text on that text oh eight six eight one oh four one oh six um just one final piece of audio uh and and um be watching this case with interest as it goes along to see exactly what they decide to do and when they decide to do it uh, but after the visit kevin took the assistant chief executive brian geeney aside to get his reaction to the conditions of the properties now i don't know what will happen when um and doherty actually finishes her tenure as um chief executive officer is, is it automatic then that the assistant chief executive moves into um, first chair um, so we could be talking to somebody who will be taking over I, I don't know, I, I'm just wondering um, but this is the last piece of audio from last night
3: um, You've seen some of the
5: properties um, what's your initial reaction? Yeah look, it's it's obviously clear uh, that the properties some of the properties are in very poor condition or whatever. so I suppose from our perspective now it's important that we come back to our own councillors as quickly as possible hmm. uh, in September Uh, with a very clear plan and then consult with the uh, community here going forward in terms of the long-term plan for the redevelopment of the area. And we'll try and carry out uh, a number of short-term measures in terms of issues that have been identified uh, tonight. Uh, And that's clear, obviously, that there's work required in that area.
3: Some of the residents have described the houses, they feel embarrassed by the houses, do you feel a little bit embarrassed as somebody involved in the Cork County Council as a
5: landlord to these people? Yeah, well obviously some of what we've seen tonight is, is very disappointing. Okay. Um, obviously the properties were constructed a number of years ago. There's a number of maintenance issues obviously which we've seen today mm. and have been identified but look, I think the key thing now is we work with the residents going forward mm. uh, to address the issues both uh, in the short term and then come up with a long term plan and, and involve the people in that decision and communicate that then very clearly and work with the community in that regard
3: mainland seems to be an issue full stop I mean what, I suppose how could you explain how we've gotten to the point where we are and what steps are we taking to try and move away from some of the issues we've having because just on our, on our own show I can only really tell you about the experience we've had we have multiple emails every day of people saying I'm a council tenant and my, my I'm living with mould I'm living with
5: rats I'm living with you know in terrible conditions look there, there's a lot of very good work being done as well maybe that's not being reported or whatever, but look, uh, if there are properties obviously with those issues, uh, obviously look where they're identified. We we'll try and address them uh, as as quickly as possible. And again, work with, with with residents in 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 that regard? Is this some of the worst housing you've ever seen? Look, yeah, it's some, some of it. Uh, look, some of the condition of the houses here tonight is is, is disappointing. Uh, okay. Is disappointing. Would you say it's the worst you've ever seen? Would you say it's some of the worst conditions? Yeah, yeah. You've yeah seen? But look, the conditions are are are, are bad. Uh, in some instances, certainly in some of the properties here that we've we've seen. Uh, But look, you know, I I think it was important, it was identified at our last council meeting that we come up here and look at the situation on the ground and again very important that we work with people now to address the situation going forward.
3: And just I suppose finally having seen what you've seen tonight, do you think members of the executive will come away with a newfound understanding of the kind of issues that people are living with? Maybe when you see some of those emails coming in you'll actually be able to visualise more
5: what people are actually living with look to be honest we we had looked at a retrofitting project for Noonan's Road Mm. uh, historically but I think look again the plan ultimately that we're developing and that we'll work with with council on uh, is probably uh, you know it'll go beyond retrofitting I think that's fair, fair to say but look you know we have a number of stakeholders like the Department of Housing to engage with first of all in the creation of that plan but I think it's not that you know I wouldn't like people to think that they were forgotten about it was we were just looking at a different type of plan uh, going for or you know I suppose stuff.
3: one of the women were saying she had a leak in the walls 21 years there I mean you can't blame
5: them for feeling that way uh, look yeah and look that that's uh, that, you know that's obviously very disappointing again to hear and we'd obviously have to investigate the circumstances behind that um, and why that issue wasn't addressed if you were obviously looking at uh, a report that went in that that amount of time ago but again I think the key to him now is that you know people Get a bit of assurance that uh, you know this is going to be taken very seriously going forward, and to, to address the issues that we that we've seen tonight.
1: There you have it. That's the Cork City Council Assistant Chief Executive Brian uh, Geaney. Uh, just a final word on this after the break, uh, because I want to know what William O'Brien makes of this matter because he's the local community activist who first brought it to my attention about 10 days ago. That's where all of this kicked off.
2: The Neil Prenderville Show, Cork's number one talk show
1: Pure Cork. on Red FM. You can text 868 William O'Brien joins me by WhatsApp. William, good morning. Good morning, Neil. All right. Um, you got to hear a lot of that audio. I'm, I'm s- s- assuming you also were part of the visit last night, where, where council officials and councillors walked into various flats and apartments. What do you think happens next?
10: Well, I suppose um, we did mention about the tenancy support for residents, because obviously, as you, you spoke to other people, that they've been uh, their issues have been falling on deaf ears for so long. Um, it's not it's not a healthy place to live. Um, you heard children saying that. You know, the height from buses. That child was you know. very powerful, actually, in the audio. Yeah, um, I'd like to mention um, that child and call her by her name. Her name is Amelia. And her mother said last night that Amelia, she's always talking. And I said, no, I said, she's always communicating. She's communicating her needs for her brothers and sisters and her friends around her. Um, this this neighborhood they're the best neighbourhoods in the city. Yeah, well said, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, so... Yeah. so, the, so and Artie
1: was talking about um, the fact that it was there was no cynicism intended with the clean up with regards to the clean up before Monday's meeting. Then she went on to say that people should call the customer service line or get onto the maintenance department. I mean, I was aghast when I heard that. Do do they really think
10: that people don't call? Of course they do, but they're not listened to, right? Yeah, there's no reception. So there is a contact number, obviously, because, uh, you know, people have me leaving messages, but there's no reception there, so it's not received. Nobody's, nobody listens. So maybe she doesn't know that nobody listens. Exactly, because it's I suppose it's to do with management um, of that side of, um, of that remit in the housing department. Um, but it, there should be no more excuses that a lady contacted last week after four weeks. She had the courage to say, can you come in and have a look at my home? And she was waiting uh, for 15 years for central heating to be installed. She has no shower, and um, I got the support from Councillor McFinn. And that's you know, what, we were taken started, back with that.
1: Yeah, that's what started the ball rolling for you. In fairness, but it may, maybe it's a case that there are so many in there and so many different departments that these issues don't filter up to the top at all, and that they they live under yeah, so a, mis- a misapprehension uh, that everything's
16: working.
10: And as I said. Look, Neil. Everybody has their own account. Maybe, say, uh, complaints, maybe because they're not getting any answers to issues around okay. um, water coming in troops. You know, so it's, it's fallen in their fields for far too long. But collectively, know the residents in New Road and St Finbar's Road have the committee set up supporting each other and um, we've got other um, agencies as well that will support City Council That's the Gardaí Community Mental Health Team because we need that collective approach because um, it's a it's a wide area um, and it's just been left for so long that people have their spirits up and they won't be dampened anymore. But is there anything that the
1: residents need to pull and improve themselves? Is there some of them there now? No disrespect to those that are really doing everything right and trying to have pride in where they're living. Are, are some... And it only takes a few, just dumping their rubbish wherever they want, whenever they want, and that could be food waste leading to rats.
10: And Neil, when we look at psychosocial health, um, the properties that are available there, housing bodies as well, have tenants there. So these are vulnerable residents that have been found a place to live in a homeless crisis. You know, so it's not just um, you know local authority tenants; it's other housing bodies. So it's a complex with so much going wrong in it mm. that it's just total mismanagement from the top down. Mm. So like it's, it's everybody working together. They to go back and reflect on it. But when I mentioned about Amelia, I mentioned last night to her that someday she could be the Lord Mayor or her brother could be. And we need to, we need to create spaces in our neighbourhoods yeah. that it's multicultural. Everybody has the same opportunity. And that, you know, people at the top get the funding, get it into communities, and then people can thrive. Okay. And is is it the best option
1: for this to be absolute every moved out, God knows where, that it would be demolished and all of those flat complexes would be then rebuilt, is it? Yeah and people would love a
10: guarantee that they can yeah. Okay. Back. yeah, You know, there's going to be a lot of disruption. There's so many families there. You know, so please God, look, Neil. Nobody gets hurt in the short term. Um, we it is there. Are just people there that have exceptional needs? Uh, we do want tenancy support going forward with the process of regeneration because that builds a relationship with um, the housing officer and uh, the housing department, so that you know any any requests or any issues and any worries can be you know listened to. Obviously, the housing maintenance section can follow up on that with other colleagues inside. Okay. You know, build the relationships. Uh, everyone knows somebody working in City Council. We all have friends and family with the neighbours in Noonan's Road have shown by coming together collectively that we can get things done and we're, we're sticking together.
1: Okay, appreciate it. Not the greatest line, but thanks for the update. We'll stay in touch with you, William. Uh, spotlight has been shone on this um, and uh, because of that a spotlight has been shone on a City Council. It's a very bright one and I don't believe it's going to dim anytime soon. Paddy Denine is the independent councillor for that parish area. Joins me with a phone. Paddy. good morning. Good morning uh, Nick. Course, of course, you were there as well. Um, um, mind you, you've been there in the past. So, did it come as any surprise what you so Um No surprise to me per se,
13: but I was um, delighted that it I, I felt it was a very positive outcome last evening. And before I go on, can I just thank the CEO, the and the Brian Brain and our City equity for coming up and doing the walkabout with us and also thank the residents who opened our doors, to open the doors to us. Yeah. Just to let us see the let them see the, the issues that, that are at hand.
1: Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. Um why why though why, though, would she say that people shouldn't be contacting the media or worse to that effect and they should call the customer service line or get on to the maintenance department? Does she actually believe that people haven't done all of that? Well, I have to say, I, I how
13: positive everything was last night, I think uh, a lot of residents brought, brought home, to, brought, brought to bear um, a lot of issues that they have with contacting the city council themselves and getting the getting the works done that didn't require it. There certainly seems to be something falling through the cracks, and it was great about being that to the attention of the CEO last evening, and I think it really struck home with
1: him. That point, when well, she said we have ten thousand homes to deal with, you're only ever going to hear about the people who are un- unhappy. I'm paraphrasing now; you will never hear of the people who are very happy and delighted with their homes that have been provided by by city council. Almost diminishes the um, the uh, their, it almost diminishes their responsibility to the people of Noonan's Road to say things like that. No. Um, well, I, I guess
13: in the context of the new bills that we do today, and how and how and how ho- the council properties are worked out, there, there is definitely um, would there would be less like, complaints coming in from those properties as such. But there are some there are some some falling through the cracks were out There is something wrong somewhere where have where, um, okay. being brought, put in maintenance calls, and no maintenance has been done. And, and like I do know that there would be prioritised and there would be triaged as such per. Per call, but however, to, like for that lady to be waiting twenty-one years, I, I mean, something there's something wrong. Okay, but that and that's what hit home with, with
1: the. Her with <laughs> husband thought that the the maintenance department actually had been abandoned and uh-huh. abolished and got rid of years ago. I mean, do we, do we actually have a maintenance department, or is it contracted out?
13: There is there is a the maintenance department. um but I don't, I don't How many staff Do they have now? that I, I do not know that I do not know that But the, the, the Chief Executive said that That we had The debrief And she was saying That there's, there's Just kind of In-house issues That they need To be looked at As well Because that was Part their attention, So they're Looking at that okay. Also now so What's hopefully that, that that will give some results in.
1: Okay, in right, areas no, areas I mean I don't mean to areas pin areas. you to your collar. Just yeah. I, would, I would worry that she's only hearing about these things for the very first time, you know, and that it all comes as a surprise. But what happens next now?
13: Well, it is our hope now with the local area committee. that like, 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 we did. We did ask for the area cleanup up immediately. We we did ask for the walkabouts. No, know, we've got them, and we we, we we will be hoping and we will be insisting that the clean up does continue. We know we need to go in with a, with a with a proper cleanup of the back gardens and get all the rubbish out. Get do a, a proper clearance. We need to go in and do all remedial work that can be done. The small works like the, the windows that need fixing, the pillars that need that need painting, the fascias and soffits, the downpipes, the drains. All this that needs to be done. All this can be done quite easily, I, I believe. And I think once we go in and start working on those issues. Start doing all the remedial works while we're waiting
1: for oh, the report in September. So why do all of that if you're just going to waste money by subsequently then knocking it?
13: Well, it's important to do that because by doing that, then you're starting to give pride back to the community. I, th- I think the community, like, their, their hearts are broken and, and we need to mend the hearts in that sense. And I think by doing this, we're showing that we are behind them and that we are but, acting responsibly.
1: I understand that, but here's but, my worry. Here's my worry. And, and, and Eileen actually said it to me earlier on. Apparently I spoke to her. Uh, Something like uh, 13 years ago. And at that stage, she was 10 years waiting for work to be done. So that's 23 years now. An asthmatic with COPD has been living in chronic conditions. But anyway, her worry and and mine is that there will be some sort of, um, um, you know, a lick of paint here and a bit of work in the garden there and, you know, a bit of soffit and fascia changed. And that'll be grand and everyone will forget and move on. No, there not be not forgetting, Neil. um
13: I, I, I'm going to be the chair of the LASE come September, and I will be keeping this on the agenda. You, you have my word on that. Mm. This won't, this won't be going away. Mm. Okay. We will be dealing with it, and it's like I, I guess like the, like the long term plan would be a regeneration, but that's that's a good few years away. So it's important that we do the work that we can do now to make it more livable right now and give the people back their pride and, and ownership of what they have. In, in, also, in the knowledge that, that, that perhaps gin regeneration will come along, but like, you, you can see what's happening in Notting you can see what's happening in the Glen. And in comparison, Nunas Road, in comparison to what's happening in Notting it's is a small project, so, but it will take a number of years to get on online. And,
1: and you know, they're forth. not actually doing people a favour here. They are landlords, and the people living in them are tenants. And there is a thing called a rule book, isn't there? There's a rent book, and the rules are in yes. it. So why don't yes. they follow their own rules? Well, that's
13: that's the questions that people were asking last night and the CEO and Deputy CEO are going back now to City Hall to find out what's wrong.
1: Okay, okay. and
13: hopefully, hopefully, yield results in the future. Okay, and, and and we will continue with the with the press on on council to keep the works going.
1: Nice one, thanks, Paddy, for the update. Uh, appreciate the call. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six uh, to the phone lines. We go, Jim. Good morning. Hey,
9: why are you are sick you, of people
1: moaning, pal?
9: Well, it's, it's, it's just not, well, it's constant there, like when you see people morning they in Noonan's Road, they're morning about all the rubbish and all the rats or whatever. But this has been They're living with reasons. asbestos. Not
1: they're living with asbestos. As
9: well, but just so as half the city. People buy a new house, house in the morning, Neil, and asbestos in it. Now they have to tear to remove it. Asbestos is fine if it's left alone. Now, in fairness to that woman, that gutter is falling off, so that needs to come off. But if you don't go near asbestos, it won't go near you. It's not like it's a radioactive it's or anything. Falling, it's falling,
1: though. It's, it's falling down.
9: It's, well, that, yeah. that definitely needs to come off, and that's okay. the corporation's job They should do it. All right. But my, but my big grief here is the rubbish, like constantly for the last 40 years in corporation estates. And remember, I came out of a corporation home, right? But people dumping their rubbish out their backs, and the minute it's gone over their back, it's you now the corporation's problem. That has to stop. That's a, that's a disgusting thing going on in Cockford's. 40 years. I've mm. seen it in Knocknohini, Mahan. I've seen it in every council estate. I've seen beautiful neighbours up there. I've seen six homes in a row. Two would be absolutely beautiful and you go into the torrent as it's a
1: shithole. Yeah, William, and and bro- William said, said that, that there could be uh, some of that that could be people with, with mental health issues, you know.
9: Yeah, actually, that's a good idea. Good, okay. Why should I put them into a mental bloody place So for them? Why should they be on the run if they, can, they can't organise your bloody rubbish? That's something go in somewhere else and if somebody wipe their ass like but stop blaming the corporation for everything they don't put the rubbish out there it's the residents that are living are doing it there and I'm, I'm you know what I mean I'm, I'm, I'm on that council every chance I can get but I mean there's a onus on the rest of us as well to to, to 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 offer somebody help and get it right
1: so What's take so, so take responsibility for some fault in this is it
9: yeah of course so who's who's putting the rubbish out there
1: uh, well, as in you wouldn't see it in a private estate is it
9: very few, very, very few, and I'd be in a lot of houses, a lot of estates. You go to any private estate, and they wouldn't do it. People just get on with their lives, and they do the right thing. It, it hurts, it costs, but it's better for everyone. But you can't keep going. The minute it goes over your wall, you say, oh, that's the corporation's problem. It's not. It's All your right. neighbour's problem, it's your problem, it's, it's the kids coming in that. A can cor they drop on the road, they'd just throw it away. It's, if, 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 you're,
1: if you're a resident or a tenant that doesn't have a bin collection service and you refuse to pay for a bin collection service, things like that yeah.
9: Well, then you should be summoned accordingly. You shouldn't be allowed to give them the service and take it out their door money. provide the service. It's amazing. there's no mental health when they're collecting their door, a lot of benefits.
1: No, I, I'm, I'm not saying that. He's, he's just saying that it's it's very much multicultural there, but it also is socio-different in the sense that um, some people are raising families there, but they also would have individuals who would be placed there by different agencies, people who have had issues in their lives, people who need somewhere to live. Uh, they may have mental health issues themselves. You know, they might be struggling. Um, you know. is,
9: wouldn't that suggest to you that the program for everybody living together is wrong?
1: Well, it just is very unfair on those people who are doing the best they cool. can. Yeah.
9: Why well, should you be living next door to a lunatic? And no, it's not that. No, there?
1: don't say that. Be kind to people. Right. I'm not talking about... No, that's oh, yeah, not I'm kind at all. You know? no, no. no, it's just you might, it's to to... To... you might be living next to somebody who a, is a litter lout.
9: Yeah, well, I mean, you shouldn't be living next to one. Yeah. Okay. Find okay. them, summons no. them, and dock is, dock is free money. Most of these people have so much time, I don't know what the hell is wrong with them. Are they afraid to go outside the
1: door or what? Well, for some, it might be what you're saying, that it's um, not my problem, it's the corporation's problem. Let them do it. Yeah.
9: Well, it's not. It's it's the individual's problem. But we got to stop blaming the corporation.
1: One of the residents did say that some of the downstairs apartments have people with mental health issues, and the guards have to be called up there. They um, um they yeah. have, you know they're largely they they're also. largely they they're look? largely single men, and the upstairs ones have have young children, and so it can be an but issue they there never, apparently with neighbours.
9: Never, never have they moved in there if they can't. Sure, I see the corporation done good housekeeping one time. There was um. With, with, with tenants that were supposed to go into their houses and showing them out to good, good husbands, right? Or that, that Maybe that's you're coming from, and They shouldn't be moving people in that are not suited to certain areas. OK. there's families in there with kids, why the hell would you move in a single man that can't voice his own out? So OK.
1: That's it. Text 0868104106. Whether you agree or disagree with Jim, pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back after the break.
2: Neil Prendaville. Gold Emerald Award winner for Speech Broadcaster of the Year, Cork's Red FM.
1: In other news, uh, while I don't wish that chap ill, the American tourist, and I utterly condemn his assault, why does it take a yank getting a hiding for our Justice Minister to finally take notice? Poor old Paddy is getting leathered every day of the week, and she couldn't give a tuppenny damn. Yet when Hank the Yank gets battered, she's firing on all cylinders. The only thing that would have elicited more of a response from Helen McEntee is if those thugs hurt the poor man's feelings, uh, says Richie in Toker. I suppose um, you're making a a woke comment there, I suppose, in that regard. Uh, Text eight six eight one zero four one zero six. in other news. Just on a lighter note, incidentally, uh, Barbie the movie, in fact, Barbenheimer is absolutely rocking. They brought out the Barbie movie to fleece parents worse than the late, late toy show ever did. Ken is in disguise. In disguise, says Frick. Uh, what happened to the pregnant Barbie doll? Does anybody know? Uh, a Barbie movie. I've never heard such bull in all of my life. That movie sums up this snowflake generation. I pity the world in twenty years' time. Um, would you give a shout out, please, to the Fair Hill Summer Hills Fair Hill Summer Scheme? Who all went to Barbie on Friday morning and loved every minute of it? Went down to Mahon Point. In fact, somebody's asking: Are there any updates at all regarding the Mahon Point gift cards problem? Um, We're not getting any answers, they say, from Mahon Point Customer Services, says Michael in Douglas. I'm going to try and update for you on that ASAP, so I'll come back on that one. But just regards to one or two more on Barbie, I think you should mention that Barbie the movie is not suitable for young kids. It contains topics like gender conditioning, so-called patriarchy, feminism, gender identity and the suggestion of toxic masculinity and other things, all in the adult real world and not suitable for children. Um, Wow, there's a lot going on in Barbie, uh, the movie. Actually, actually, Jim says, while well, listening to the public's reaction to the new Barbie movie, it made me think of a Barbie joke that was around about 40 years ago. So here it goes. Woman walks into a toy store just before Christmas and asks the sales, sales assistant, how much is the Barbie doll? Sales assistant replies, well, the Barbie who goes to the beach doll is 15 euro. The Barbie who goes to the movies is 15 euro. The Barbie who goes swimming is 15 euro, but you can have divorced Barbie, which is 450 euro. So confused as she was, the woman asks, how come Barbie goes to the beach is 15 bucks? Barbie goes to the movies is 15 bucks, and Barbie goes swimming is 15 bucks, but divorced Barbie is 450 bucks. So the sales assistant replies and says, well, when you buy Divorced Barbie, you also get Ken's car, Ken's house, Ken's aeroplane, and all of Ken's records.
2: Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Funny
1: you should ask, actually, with regards to the gift vouchers down in Maham Point and that company that was um, um, managing it. I think they were Eastern European and the whole thing came off the tracks. There is an update to that, and it's good news. We can confirm now that all funds... On existing cards are secure. Cards will again be available for use in purchase in late August or maybe even sooner. So to those of you that have Mahan Point gift vouchers that you thought you weren't going to be able to use, you will be able to use them. So that's great news. The money in your card is secured and you'll be able to spend it soon late August maybe even sooner if I have an update on that I will bring it to you but thank God for a bit of good news says you I read out a list of um, teenage criminality there this morning a couple of texts on that Teresa says bring some of the guards from Spain to patrol our streets and they'll soon whip those thugs into shape I can tell you they are the best I've ever seen they really do their work and they're not afraid of anyone I've witnessed a few of them doing their job and they do it great in Spain says Teresa and one other one I 100% agree with Your listener who said that young teenagers should be brought to justice, full stop, and we need to change that law ASAP. I also agree with your text who said that the justice minister is the worst ever, and in my opinion, is just not qualified to hold that position. Thank you for those texts. text Can I go back to another story that um, makes the front of the echo today? Because while there was a delegation that went from City Hall, some of them officials and some of them councillors, to Noonan's Road. Uh, and St. Finbar's Road last night on the south side they were also in council and they call it a fiery debate if you'll pardon the pun it's a front page story in the Echo today with regards to Balancholic Fire Station now I'm I'm assuming uh, that uh, the reaction to this from those within the fire service is disappointment to say the least, but doesn't look as if Ballancolic Fire Station is going to be opening. But enough of me. Billy Crowley is the SIP2 rep in Cork City Firefighter himself based on Anglesey Street and he joins me by phone. Billy, good morning.
17: Good morning, Neil. No, I'm
1: good, thanks. Now, um, the city manager, CEO Anne Doherty said that um, it's not needed because the incident rate in Ballancolleg is about 230 calls a year by comparison to Anglesey Street, which is 1,540-odd incidents a year, and Ballyvalan, which is nearly, like, just maybe 1,100 a year. So on that basis, the figures don't seem to add up, do they? I suppose if you looked at it that
17: way, uh, you could make that case, but then... Uh, in all the years I'm in I'm in Cork City Fire Service, I've only gone to one fire on Anglesey Street. That was uh, on Patrick's day there a few years back. There was this fire in a solicitor's office. So if you use that metric, you'd close the station on Anglesey Street because there's only been one call on Anglesey Street in the last
1: 10 years. OK, in in the sense that the figure that's given about um is that the Ballincollig station would be doing an awful lot more than just the greater Balancholic area, is it?
17: Absolutely, and I think uh, I, later on in the meeting, the Chief Executive Anne Doherty turned around and said, look, we shouldn't be talking about Balancholic versus because it's a city-wide service, and uh, Councillor Martin, Sean Martin, said the same. He said it's for the city, not just Balancholic, and that's the, uh, the core of our argument right from the very start, is that a station is needed, because we have a bigger city so the city, the service we have is for the old city, we need a bigger service for the new city, yeah. there is a station in Ballincolig, so it makes a lot more sense to put a crew out in Ballincolig than anything else
1: it, like, like, For me as a lay person it makes no sense because the station is there, right? It's, it's fully operational if there was staff to, to run it. It exists, it's brick, bricks and mortar. Um, if you have it, use it. If you don't have it, you'll lose it Absolutely, like if essentially what will happen is somebody else
17: will come in and say look we want to use it for this or we want to store, we'll say the, the, the,
12: yeah,
17: we'll yeah. Say the roads department might say look we need to store gritters or diggers or whatever out there, we're taking it or, or yeah, the yeah. maintenance department might set it up as a hub for maintaining houses and property out in Ballincollig. If you
1: don't use it, you'll lose it to somebody else but she does say that it would be impossible to fund this because you'd need 40 full-timers And it would cost, she says, a figure of 4 million. Is that per year? I
17: don't know where those figures are coming from. To give you an example, we have, at the moment, today, we have a minimum of 19 firefighters on duty between Ballyvillan and Anglesey Street, 14 in Anglesey Street and 5 in Ballyvillain. And... I don't know why you'd need 40 out in Ballancolic. Like, I can't figure it
1: out,
5: to be quite honest with Okay, you. it
1: then, doesn't make sense on the basis of what you're saying exists in the city and Ballyvalan. No, it doesn't. And then if you look at the costings that were thrown out, we'll say for the station, they're saying that it would cost
17: three and a half million to do up the station. Like around the country over the last few years, they've refurbished nine stations and in total to refurbish nine stations cost 3.7 million. But for some reason to get work done out in colleague will cost the same to do one station. Like they have a brand new station down in Macroom, built from the ground up one point three million, but in Cork City it
1: costs three point five to Why why should one. any of this surprise us though? They close hospitals, they allow like, post offices to close, they close Garda stations, um, you know. This you know, why should it be any different with fire stations? This is what politicians do.
17: I suppose, yeah, it's... I know, I I, I can see why people wouldn't be surprised with it when when that's what happens elsewhere. But I suppose if you look at it, if they close, like when they closed, they would say the A&Es and the likes of Mallow and Bandon and Towns like that, they opened... uh, would we'll say they, they put resources into larger A and E's in the likes of the Marcy. Turned the out to be a
1: disaster though. I mean that's not look that's not your fight though, but you know, shutting A and E's, whether it was the South Infirmary or indeed shutting the North Infirmary and things like that, and, and saying we had a center of excellence in the CUH, that's a myth. But the ambulance service have similar problems to you with regards to really significant cutbacks and what they're trying to do. And at the end of the day, ambulances and fire brigades and fire officers save lives. Absolutely, and
17: like the ambulance service, our dispute at the moment isn't about pay. It's not about money. It's about resourcing and being able to provide a proper service to the people who need us. Because it's grand to sit in an office and would we'll say, "Say we're not paying for that or whatever," but we're the ones who are dealing with it on the ground. And it's not just the they would we'll say the safety of your listeners and they would we'll say the safety of their property. It's our own safety as well. Because if we don't have somebody coming to back us up, we're we're in a pickle.
1: Yeah, Pat makes an interesting point by text. He says the fire brigade is like the army. No one wants it until it's needed. Proper planning and leadership knows this, and it's um you know, that's an interesting point, isn't it? It's it's only when there will be a real emergency and a, li- a life or lives are lost that people then will sit up and say, "Why did we allow this to happen?" But is is this the end of the road now for Ballencolmc?
17: No, I don't think so. I think look, we were in there last night. There was a, a, a crowd of firefighters inside in the council meeting last night just to to see what way it went. And would we'll say if you if you listen to what was said, we'll say by the chief executive and Doherty, and by um, Councillor Sean Martin, who's the chair of the finance committee. A uh, like Councillor Martin said that if. If from the WRC that if a proposal comes before him as chair of the finance committee that says additional funding is is required to to increase the fire brigade service that they'll not be found wanting, and a uh, the chief executive Van Doherty said exactly the same. She said we shouldn't be talking about Balin colleague versus, we'll say the city that it's a city wide service, and if they made a commitment through the through the WRC, it would form part of the budgetary process. So what we're hearing there is that a. Uh, we're back in the WRC tomorrow morning. If there's a, a, a reasonable proposal put on the table by council at the WRC, our members, the firefighters, will accept it because we want this service back up and running. And if that's accepted, okay. that the okay. council
1: so, will find the funding for it. Okay, and that'll be tomorrow at the Workers' Relations Committee. But um, do the pick? are the pickets continuing then, off-shift picketing? They are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So tomorrow's a big day then as to what... Will the decision be made tomorrow by the WRC? I,
17: I would hope so. I think, like, we were in the WRC last month. We've come a very, very long way from where we were. Like, we started with uh, with nothing. Uh, as you know, the proposals that came out of the WRC were for, we'll say, staffing, balling, colleague, having a truck out there from 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, and having that truck brought into Angussey Street by night. Um there's only a little bit left in that to get that truck out in Balloncolic 24-7. Um,
1: there were... We I say, thought the WRC was more to do with the rates of pay of the retained firefighters, no? A
17: separate issue. They're, de- they're also
1: dealing with that. The yeah. Labour
17: Court and the WRC are saying... conditions. The retained. Yeah, yeah. But that's totally separate to what's going on in Cork.
1: See though. the shoddy treatment of all of those involved in, um, in, in saving lives. You know, they have to be hassling for paying conditions and rates of pay and being on call for long long shifts for tiny money. It's all wrong, isn't
17: it? Oh, yeah, look, I have a lot of, a lot of sympathy with the, the retained firefighters in Cork County and around the country who are, who are dealing with that issue. I, I think it's unfair myself.
1: OK, let's see what happens tomorrow. Thanks for the update for now, Billy. Appreciate it. Billy Crowley, SIP2 rep in Cork City, firefighter out of Anglesey Street. Text 868 Now... Rendaville Show, Red FM. You bet. Text 0868 and people are quite a selection on different topics. I mentioned earlier on Uh, The fires and the raging temperatures in the lake, well, certainly Spain and indeed Italy, uh, but very much the Greek islands at the moment. My partner's family are in Lake Garda at the moment, and they had hailstones last night, bigger than golf balls. They literally destroyed cars, and the mobile homes looked like they were shot at with machine gun fire. Oh my God, isn't it a crazy world, the different types of weather that we're experiencing, that Italy would be getting that and then, of course, raging temperatures not too far away from it. Um, these are awful crimes that are going on in our streets, Neil, and allowed by a government that is blind to it. They just keep the same rhetoric that we have a safe country when they're not living in the same world as ordinary people. Mackenzie is only concerned with her extended hate speech law, and is and as needed as it is, jail will be a high possibility with regard some. Of that hate bill when serious life-changing attacks are just a slap on the wrist and a bending over backwards exercise to assist these out of control youths says Anthony a bit like actually what Brenda Power is saying in the in the mail this morning that too often way too often the needs of the criminal are put ahead of the needs of the victim and um, before you go to watch Oppenheimer the movie, you should watch the documentary on him first Neil it's called to End all Wars. Oppenheimer and the Atomic Bomb is the name of it. It's very interesting. Thank you. That's a good bit of advice to all of us who are going to go and see Oppenheimer. Watch the doc first. Get a better idea as to what's going on. So appreciate that. Would you please acknowledge the wonderful achievement of the Limerick Hurling team? Yes, I will, because you're a Limerick woman who listens to Corks Red FM. Why wouldn't I? She says, I think they should be acknowledged. And if more young people were more involved in sport, I think it would benefit all. Working today, but I'll listen back later. Hope you do it. Thanks in advance. Job done. Well done to the Limerick hurlers. Hopefully, sooner rather than later, it'll be the Cork hurlers again. Morning. So I've had ADHD and I moan about being in lockdown. That's literally a get-out-of-jail ticket, you're telling me. Well, yes, there were some of the circumstances in which a jail the, uh, the, the, the judge handed down um, 200 hours or 300 hours of community service to the young fella. ADHD, uh, mother's, um, mother's interjection on behalf of the child, guilty plea, remorse, lockdown. Uh, can you please answer this? What is this country coming to? Um, they're addicted. They had bad childhoods. They went through lockdown. They have no job. Neil when you become an adult, even a young adult, you choose what you want to do, end of story. They're playing the system you see like a two bob fiddle, and shame on those solicitors that push the blatant manipulation. can't come on air, please don't give up my details well, but thank you for the text. it's a very strong one, and I appreciate it and Then a few on noonan's Road from this morning. it's hard to believe this is in Cork. It sounds like a different country. What an absolute disgrace is happening to these people. The fact that the city manager is shocked by the conditions in Noonan's Road suggests that she doesn't leave the office very much, doesn't it? Maybe if she left the office more and saw the state of the city, something might be done about it. Yeah, Uh, and why clean it up? Um, Why bring in all of these workers across Friday and Saturday? I don't know whether they were there on Sunday. So that Monday, um, a sanitised version would be seen. Mind you, uh, it's still bad. Council are like the Gardaí since 2019, sorry, 2009, just depleted. Our country engages in cut, cut, cut. We've been told that the country is awash with money. Just knock on the flats on Noonan's Road. This should have happened 20 years ago. Uh, Neil, don't forget, it was you and Red FM who brought the Noonan's Road shambles to the fore. Success has many fathers, failure only orphans. Uh, That's a lovely saying, how true. I've been on Noonan's Road for 30 years and never saw the road looking so clean. It was like a council army descended here on Friday. Anne just said that the streets are full of people. Uh, Kevin should have asked her, why were we importing more people to overfill it? Ah, come on, lads. Don't have that blinkered view of life or people who come to live here. No one is interested in freeloaders or people come here to play the system or economic tourists. But there are many, many people, the vast majority of them, who come here to work and to raise families and to pay taxes and to support and be part of our local community. Do you agree with me or disagree with me on that? Text 0868 Call's on the way.
2: You're listening to the number one talk show in court, the Neil Frienderville Show. It's
1: the best in cork. On Red FM. Just very quickly, there's a cake sale and raffle in Native Marymount on Friday, the 28th of July, which is this Friday, and it's happening down on the beautiful Fountainstown Beach Mobile Home Park from 2 o'clock onwards. If you're down in Fountaina and maybe you're holidaying there for the summer in your mobile home, uh, then that's a big call out for you to be part of that cake sale and raffle on Friday uh, from 2 p.m. A lot of people, of course, have beautiful mobile homes and all sorts of beaches right around Cork uh, County. And it's a wonderful thing. And we have more passes to give away, actually, for tourist attractions across our beautiful county this side of midday. Lots of texts. Very busy morning. I'm going to get back to the phone calls because I think I might have I misread the room there at City Council last night. I'm joined by the former Lord Mayor Constable Council of Colum, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you just, just on, just on the uh, Balancholic fire station, right? Um, yeah. and I'll come to your aspect on it in a moment but the irony isn't lost on me that in recent years we've been talking about issues involving Angarda Shikana, issues involving ambulance paramedics these are terms and conditions and rates of pay we, we don't have enough doctors we, we can't get paediatric services for children uh, we have issues with closing of post offices that impacts on the elderly who have to walk for miles and miles and now we have firefighters and their fire stations coming into the telescopic view um, the crossfire if you like why is it that everything that's important to life and limb seems to be cut back here constantly uh, in, in so many different ways? And what's going on in colleague? I got the impression that you were angry that it wasn't reopening. And I'm looking at it now saying that you're happy that it's not reopening. Which is it?
16: No, and I'm not, nowhere did it say that I was happy that it wasn't reopened. I was angry last night at effectively what the resolution that was brought before Council last night, one, the ill-conceived and ill-thought-out uh, composition of the resolution, and I'll read the resolution for you, Neil. It stated that Cork City Council resolves to reopen the Ballancolic fire station immediately, with a full-time fire service while maintaining current staffing levels elsewhere. Now, nobody Good put forward um, that motion. That was put down under what's called a Section 140 of the Local Government Act 2001, and it, there were seven signatories signed it. Uh, Councillor Lorna Bog, um, the new Councillor McCarthy, um, the Lord uh, Mayor, you said. No, not the Lord Mayor. Um, um the okay. new right. Councillor McCarthy that was okay. uh, replaced right. was co-opted for Fiona. Okay. Um, the four members of Sinn Fein, um, and Councillor Ted Tynan. So seven signatories. Um, only five of them bothered to turn up. To be quite honest with you, um, uh, out of the seven that signed it, um, only four of them spoke on it, and there was a unanimous rejection by the rest of council, all parties, at the structure. Of what was being proposed okay but if why didn't well, no, you vote they... for it it's your parish. It is my parish, and I, along with my other ward councillors out here, and a particular councillor, Derry Canty, who has been beating this drum back before the boundary extension when he was a county councillor and was flagging it. And I don't know, did Derry have a, a crystal ball at the time? But he highlighted this back then, that this will be a problem. Um, and here we are. No, no. the reason I didn't vote in favour of it, nor did I vote against it, and the reason I couldn't vote against it, I was out of principle. I want my fire station reopened. The people of Ballancolic want our fire station reopened opened but it has to be done Neil in the correct fashion and the correct form but, to ensure that the funding is in place to do it and uh, with the CE presented a report to us last night with an estimated cost of payroll costs up to 4.1 million, non-pay costs of half a million but the, like, and
1: 300,000 fa- for The, 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 the fire brigade staff in the union dismissed that, and they, 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 they said that that figure is nonsensical. My word's not theirs. It wouldn't take 40 full-time firefighters. There's 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 14 in Anglesey Street now, and there's five in Balavalan Bal- 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 now. That's 19 active firefighters. So where are they getting 40?
16: I don't know where the figures came from last night and we were presented with this report um, at quarter past five yesterday okay. before the council before the, the, the council meeting. No, I've been in contact with, um, I know you spoke with uh, Billy Crowley prior to this and I've been touching base with him since, since uh, the year dot when I was Lord Mayor. This uh, basically closed under my watch as Lord Mayor and as a melancholy councillor. I wanted all parties to sit down, put their shoulders to the wheel and get a resolution. Now, Neil, whether it's five euros or four million, euros what this resolution was attempting to do last night was to circumvent the apparatus of state i.e the labor relation the labor relations Commission which is now called the WRC which both parties are going back into on Wednesday we will hopefully will have white smoke but that there was, will be a deal yeah, struck yeah and and but two seconds in there will be a deal struck hopefully and if it's they say that they want two million five euro Uh, four million whatever it may be Councillor Sean Martin the chair of the finance committee stood up in council last night and said we will not be found wanting we want our fire station open. Nobody last night disagreed with the spirit and the principle of this resolution. But what they were asking for, and the word that a lot of us took umbrage with, and that I took umbrage with last night, was the word, immediately. It'd be like me, Neil, and you know I'm in the tyre trade, I wanted to open up a new tyre centre in the morning, I found a building, I got the keys, I opened the door and I realised the following morning I had no tyres. Oh, Apparently, I understand That's that analogy, up,
1: but at the same time, you you you, you do accept that it's needed. Okay, And and so therefore, if it's needed, it's needed now. It was needed yesterday, last week, last month, last year. It was needed
16: two years ago. So what's wrong with using the word now? Now. Because, Neil, if, if that resolution was passed by Council last night, it would have effectively become null and void. It was only window dressing by the left as an election stunt in an election year. So now you're Some turning,
1: you're turning saving lives and fires, putting out fires, no, into a political I'm I'm football.
16: Not. This has been this. No, they turned it into a political football. Because last night, had this resolution been passed, we would have effectively, under a section four uh, one forty of the Local Government Act, be compelling the CE to reopen something without adequate funding in place, which would be illegal. The CE cannot spend money that isn't budgeted for. Ergo, it could not be done immediately. Where will the money come from so... So listen, as I said, if they're going to the deliberations Commission, hopefully we'll have white smoke. I know uh, Billy was on prior to that and he was saying that needed 40 full-time firefighters. We don't have that many firefighters inside Nancy Street, nor do we do in And um, The previous station was manned by uh, five to eight retained fire service. I don't know if that 40 firefighters or even the costs presented to us are correct. Whether it's, as I said, whether it's two million many. Well, thanks for at least million.
1: acknowledging that because it seems bizarre numbers to me, but I, I'm, I'm not involved but in I this. Would but say,
16: I would say, I would say in The chief executive's report, like this, is a report that she furnished to council last night. And I would think that all the figures and the facts okay. in this have been costed. And um, because you, as as the chief executive well knows, she cannot stand up in council and present something of an inaccuracy. So it, it's there's well, there's she's a also, she's also well
1: capable of telling the tenants in Noonan's Road to call the customer service line at City Hall when we all know that that is being done and it's a waste of time. She also is capable of telling them to get on to the maintenance department of City Hall, like as if they haven't been doing that for years. So, completely, completely. I wouldn't let let that one get past You mentioned,
16: you mentioned, you mentioned the maintenance department there, all right? Last night, Um, under the appendix of the estimated financial costs of implementing the proposed resolution it would have cost a 1% increase in rates I'm a business owner I don't agree with the rates as as a system they're inherently archaic in my opinion it's a British system that we're still using they need to be you know thrown out the window but they're there but it would have cost an increase to businesses there would have been a reduction in local area committee budgets of 1.85 million there would have been a reduction in sports grants a reduction I get it I get it I get it 50% 50% of our livery service. If now, you had to find the to money, money, money yourself. So who will if we pay have it? to find the money. So it's it, it's we're coming up to a budgetary process, Neil. And like a nine-year-old goes into the shop to buy something, they need to have money in their back pocket and they need to know how to pay for it. We will sit down going into the budgetary process through the crock proper apparatus. If there is white smoke from the WRC tomorrow, and please God, there will be, and we can get our fire station opened. And I can categorically say that no one out here, any of the elected members, Councillor Derry Canty and Councillor uh, Garrett Kelleher, stood in the same opinion as myself last night. Myself and Councillor Derry Canty abstained and the reason I abstained, and I believe the reason Derry abstained, is I couldn't, in principle, vote against reopening our fire station here in Belancholic. But what they were doing was political electioneering at the height of a. So it would stick in your vote.
1: craw to vote with independents, the Greens or the Sinn Féin councillors?
16: Oh, no, the Greens voted against us well, Neil, yeah, and the independents okay. voted against us. And as I said, like two of the seven signatories, they didn't even bother to turn up. OK, OK. Like so even, even say, if Sinn
1: Féin ever came up with a good idea, would you vote for it?
16: 100%, 100%. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, like, like the other side of the coin is this would have required, had it been implemented, one, it would have become void and illegal immediately. But let's say that that didn't happen. Let's say it, it, they were within the realms of legality and we had to come up with 4 million this morning that hadn't been budgeted for. We would have had to call a supplementary budget. I know. And the signatories of the signatories of the, of the resolution deal, say four of them just last year, always vote against the budget. If we if, if if we vote against the budget, the council collapses. Okay, and we it's came close to business. that once or
1: twice. I I am i aware we did. of that. However, it, how it does seem like a scandal that we have a fire station um closed.
16: Uh, perfectly it's good one. It's disgraceful, Neil it's disgraceful. And the city's got twenty percent bigger. City. Exactly. And okay. the fire station, you know, will reopen. I'm very confident that a deal can be done. I know that there is funding required for it. All the members of Fianna Fáil and the council and our, our colleagues across the chamber in Fine Gael and the Greens, we all sit down at the finance uh, committee. We all hammer it out. It will involve tweaking. We will have to move the chairs around the room. But it can be done. But what they were suggesting last night was that we catch all the chairs, throw them outside the front door, and then run to Dublin for money. We're a self-funding local authority. They know we're a self-funding local authority. One of the few in the country... Is there any ways you you could come up with
1: being better at self-funding? Are there any kind of initiatives that you think might work, say, for instance, with regards to the city another business closed of course Household linens, Linans talking to him there well, in the, I, yesterday. I touched
16: on the I touched on the C- rates Neil there I think like if you look at Patrick Street and obviously the, the, the vacancy that's on Patrick Street a lot of it is to do with the astronomical rates that are being charged by council on Patrick Street I think personally myself this isn't a party position this isn't a group position as a businessman and taking my council hat off here for one minute I think that any aspiring business that wants to come onto the main thoroughfare in our city should be given a rates exemption for 12 months yeah. some people well, may say you- that's, want to do that fair. though for
1: why would you want to give a rates exemption to huge international companies who come in here they really have no
16: love no, of well, the I'm city per se and you're I'm giving them talking, you're I'm giving them a,
1: about- a rates holiday
16: I'm talking about indigenous um, indigenous businesses. If you go back to the Goeldt Neil, uh, you're exempted from corporation tax if you start a business back there to incentivise So Why, don't you, back why to, aren't back you talking about now.
1: that at City College. That's a fantastic idea. If you're if you're indigenous, if you're a small business, if you're a sole trader, if you're organically growing a business, you will get help in the city with regards to a rates More exemption. 100%. But why? Like? Did,
16: but you see. The, but here herein lies the crux of the problem. That isn't something we can decide on council. That is national legislation. And I am, have been lobbying for that, and other members of all parties have been lobbying for that as well. Like last night, we as local government, Neil, we have very little powers. I was Lord Mayor. Uh, of the city. And some fella actually turned around to me and said, What power does the Lord Mayor have? It's ceremonial position. It's almost equivalent to the President of the Republic, Neil. Albeit, we have discretion, we have, we have, we have a casting vote on council. But when it comes down to councillors and their powers, we have the most undevolved local government. But in you all have of a to who was a Taoiseach,
1: right? You have a to who was a Taoiseach from Cork, right? You have Michael McGrath, the next leader of Fianna Fáil and possibly the next. Thonister, Taoiseach, who knows? And you've Simon Coombe, you've got serious players on Lee side with skin in the Cork game, like they could be making these decisions,
16: couldn't they? The you National have serious Go- heavyweights down here between the two ministers and the and the former Taoiseach, as you said, and they have done a lot of good for Cork they have, you know, the investment that has been pumped into our city as a whole and I spoke with you many times as Lord Mayor, we have the Docklands, you have CMATs, you have the Lewis system, you have Bus Connects, like the, the money that's been pumped into, into the city is astronomical, Neil we, it's, it's basically we've woken up from a hundred year slumber and we were starting from a very, very low base but between housing, the funding for housing that's coming through, Cork City accounts for almost a third of the national budget in housing, there's almost a billion euro spent and housing last year and this year collectively. And it is Tell that to somebody who can't very, get a good. house, though. Do you know what I mean? One hundred percent, Neil. But like, I have a, I have, a, I have an open door policy in my office here in the tyre Centre and the clinic. And this week alone, Neil, I've helped seven purchase in situ schemes. There's four people housed in a social housing list that, that I was making reps for. and probably along with other councillors that were making reps for them as well. And I had 12 people in here okay. that got the help to buy schemes. Well colleges. done. Just, just, so just on that. J- okay.
1: There. Well done on all of that. Uh, but just on representations you make on behalf of people for housing, they don't. Become queue jumpers, do they? No, 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 no. Look, obviously, Neil, we have a no. Seriously, like, because there are other people that really are patiently waiting on a list. You don't manage to get them higher on a list, do you?
16: No, all all council applicants are judged on their merits. There is medical issues that do come into play from time to time and, you know, they they will be housed adequately in relation to that. There's issues with overcrowding, they will be housed adequately in relation to that. But anyone on the CBL housing waiting list, and I said this time and time again, if they do express interest on a property, please ensure that you are willing, if you are allocated that property, to move into that property. We had a 40% refusal rate last year. Neil on CBL, and um, whether they bid it on anything correctly. So, do you think that people should get
1: one offer and then they're back off the list?
16: Well, if they get an offer and they refuse, they're suspended from the list for twelve months, Neil. <clears throat> so, you know, and um, if they on are one offer, on is CBL, it one offer? Uh, yeah, if there are no, no, but like if they if they do a bid on a house and they're successfully offered that house. Um, and they refuse, they will be suspended Straight uh, for a 12 okay. period. Okay. okay. After away. one Straight refusal, you're 12 months suspended. After, okay. After, yeah. after one refusal. Neil, to, to go back that, to right? the fire service, yeah. it used to be that, but to go back to the fire service, all right? Everybody, every single councillor in there last night wants our fire service reopened, whether they're independents, okay. whether okay. they're okay. Finefall, Finegrail, uh, Sinn Fein, the left, or whatever. But last night, and I said it, they they were offering people false hope. Okay, as in who was going to pay for it. As in who was going to pay for it. It had to be done correctly. It was a shameless, unconcealed, and a dishonourable example of false hope. And Neil, in my opinion... Any, the worst thing any politician can do is play with people's emotions and play play with people's services and to play with our emergency services. But you talking about man you yeah, sitting on your
1: and hands and at and least at least they, they did something about it. They brought it up at council they tried to get a vote to get Neil,
16: it reopened. Neil, yeah. Neil we're we're working on this in the background and I don't you've, I don't know if you spoke to Billy if he's gone off the call. I I Billy myself and Billy have been in contact on numerous occasions. Like there's a lot goes on on council in the background and then you get to Johnny come latelys you know a lot of them uh, that aren't even in the constituency jump up and down, stand outside for photographs and st- stand here and stand there and come in at the end of it. They're hurlers on the ditch. Who are the were the Johnny from
1: lately hurlers on the ditch? The Sinn Féin councillors, is
16: it? Well, Sinn Féin have a representative out here in Ballincolny. Um, but the other representatives that signed that, um, are none of them uh, represent the South East Ward, um, none of them at all, save Councillor Roland Ring, um, who I do know has been working in the background with the firefighters as well, to be fair to them. Um, but, you know, after the firefighters held a protest up on the link road outside the fire station, um, we were all there with the placards. We all want the same thing. Um, there was an elected member. Um, soon after that who isn't in the constituency knocked on the door and said by the way I've just been up at the fire station canvassing for its reopening and I'm also canvassing now for an upcoming election not a, not a local election nor a national election so I'll just leave it at that
1: I'm none the wiser as to who that is or what they were canvassing for though
16: yeah, well, well unless they were running for president there's only one election left Neil
1: Okay, alright, okay we'll come back to it, keep an eye on this one Councillor Colum Kelleher uh, from Cork City Council, uh, fire service uh, review will determine where services need to be located in a bigger city Ballincollig would seem to be logical says McFinn, uh, the councillor maybe the fact that Anglesey Street, that 19 in Anglesey Street and 5 in Ballyvalan is the reason why they're understaffed uh, and why forty is a rotation that's actually required? It's a good point that there probably isn't enough for the rotations in Anglesey Street and Valan. Anglesey Street is obviously the city base, and not a service uh, for the for Ballymacellig is covered by the city and county service And they're recruiting for retained members. Sorry, this actually doesn't make sense, but I will come back to it when I can make sense of the email and can bring it back to that stage. But back to the phone lines, Deirdre. Good morning.
0: Good morning, how are you?
1: Okay, um, you wanted to pick up I'm on... I'm glad
0: you're confused, because I'm definitely confused. Well,
1: let's see if we can unconfuse you. What are you confused about?
0: Um, I actually thought it was still open until, you know... But, I mean, if they had the melancholic Fire Stations open, would that not relieve Anglesey Street and Ballyf- uh, Ballyvolane, considering no. they have so many less staff? They must be... They must be overworked and wrecked those poor men. Yeah, abs- abs- ab- absolutely
1: wrecked. it would relieve and it also would make people sleep in their beds safer at night, knowing that exactly there was one like more if fire station a fire open. fire
0: on the Kerry Road or yeah. one of, you know, out that way. um would get there a lot quicker. Well,
1: totally, and you never know when there could be a really serious disaster or a very bad but that's fire. It, could like be a chemical if the fire. Other,
0: if the other two stations are busy, out yeah. and calls and stuff like that with so little firemen, and the fire happens out that way.
1: Totally, yeah,
0: totally. So, somebody's life is at risk, businesses, yeah. Yeah. households, you know, there's families and more than one if it's a business ruined because they're
1: you can't not have priority. You can't have too many fire engines, you can't have too many fire brigades, Saf, you can't have too many guards. You can't have too many doctors. It's impossible to have too many. It's about who you know, pays I think, for it.
0: I think they're not giving the blue collars and stuff like that enough credit. They're overworked, understaffed. And if something goes wrong, they'll blame the firefighters, that they weren't at this fire or whatever, or what if it was one at their own houses. They'd be the first one to give out about us.
1: That's it. That's it. Well said. Thank you for that. Back after the break. Text 0868-104-106. Cork's number one talk show. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. Right to the phone lines in a couple of minutes' time. I want to give a very special birthday bri- greeting today to Brito O'Connor, who is listening every single morning. So happy birthday to you, Brito. Have a great day today. I don't know who's sending it in. Let's say it's on behalf of all that know you and love you. So happy birthday to Brito O'Connor. I like this one. but <laughs> but about, something about uh, Martin earlier on in the air. And somebody says, Neil, come here. Micheál Martin is not a fool, you know. He knows you're a shinner. I don't know why people make those kind of assumptions as if I have any political allegiance at all, which I don't actually, which I don't. The years have beaten political allegiances out of me, I can tell you. Uh, You will never see Derry using the Euroneal. Weaponizing the Irish languages after putting the kibosh on that dream. Not quite sure what that means. I mean, they say that ultimately, I don't know whether it'll be in my lifetime, we will have a 32-county republic. I, I hold on to that dream. That doesn't make me a shinner. It just doesn't make me a shinner. It just doesn't. Not that there's anything wrong with people who do support Sinn Féin. Um, can I just say that was a great interview that Kevin did with the CEO and Doherty. Well done, says Mary Jane, and so say all of us. About time someone And talk some sense on air. The country has too much of a sense of entitlement. This is to do with our caller, Jim, saying that people need to take responsibility for their own actions and cop themselves on. The dole is too attractive in this country. If these people stopped dumping in their own areas and paid for their bins, Everything will be okay, says Terry. Um, You know, for those that get up and go out to work every morning, I suppose is different to those that don't, Terry says. Why don't the council put up cameras and catch the people living there who are dumping the rubbish and on their third strike, remove them from the flats, full stop, says Declan in Cargilline. I'm interested, actually, that you only get one refusal on a CBL list. Now, remember, when it wasn't like that, you got to have at least two refusals, and on the third one, then you got... As suspended from the list. Morning, I'm six months pregnant and I was with my two year old son in the car when the clutch went on Christie Ring Bridge during rush hour. My phone was also dead. Three Garda cars passed and an unmarked car as well, and not one of them stopped to ask if everything was okay. I thought that in itself was disgraceful. Luckily, a man in a white van named Connor pulled in and let me use his phone to ring my dad, Brendan Collins. Connor, along with the other kind people passing by, pushed my car to the side of the bridge while I took my son out of the car and stood minding him and the two other kids while their parents helped to push the car. My dad then dropped us home and waited three and a half hours with my car for a tow truck to come. Huge thanks to Connor and the white van and all of the other people who helped, and especially my dad, Brendan, who didn't get home till 10 o'clock last night. I'd be absolutely lost without him. Delighted for you. Glad it worked out in the end. And of course, there are kind people out there. And that is another example of them. Text 0868104106. I'll try and get uh, another couple of emails on, and texts on this side um, of uh, midday. Um, but just um, I can I can get to I can get to John Byrne and then perhaps I'll, I'll need to do some some giveaways because we have some fabulous family passes to give away for tourist attractions. Uh, but anyway, we'll see how time goes. Let's get on with it, John. Good morning.
15: Good morning.
1: Mate. If you had Anne Doherty's number, well, you you can call City Hall and ask to be put through to her office. Why?
15: Well, I just want to figure out, like, who's going to come first if uh, if there's a fire in Ballincolig or or the surrounding areas. Would she make it before the fire service?
1: Well, if there was a fire where I I am right now, right, it would make an awful lot more sense for the fire brigade to come from Ballincolig.
15: It would, of course, which is only only across the the bridge from you. Now, tell me, what kind of a canvas did she do of the surrounding areas of the people who live in the houses? Who, who paid the mortgage who paid their insurance who paid their rent to the corporation and to the city council did she contact any of them or was this uh, purely a financial uh, outlook on how they have Well
1: I suppose to some extent you have to be able to pay for things and it's pointless the CEO saying this is a great idea let's do it oh by the way, who'll pay the four million do you know what I mean someone's got to. yeah but,
15: but I presume she she'll be able, she'll be able to substantiate the figures that she out about the costings of this
1: I would hope so that they're not just make uppy.
15: Well there's been a lot of people in this country putting us over the last from time to time and it's a room you know
1: they seem to be all on board that they want to have it open. We don't want to be um a, a city that has clo- yeah you know, actually we are a city that has closed fire but, uh, that has closed um um uh, Garda stations. What am I talking about yeah. but, but we yeah. don't we don't and we don't want that to be happening, but at the same time well, we, if well, we, have we have a have perfectly houses. good fire station, we want it opened
15: well no Neil we have a continuous stream of houses now new builds and um, people uh, who've ma- moved in from other jurisdictions nearly all the way out as far as the ovens.
1: Yeah, I don't you disagree know? with that. The city in itself so, has got 20% bigger. It's brought in the likes yeah. of Glanmire yeah. in the east and, Bell- yeah. and colleague in the west and Blarney north of no, it. Yeah.
15: Now I was trying to figure out this morning when Cork, when, when, when colleague and the surrounding was in the county, did we have a problem with a fire service? Or is, is this funny after the rising uh, since Ballincollig, was is, swallowed yeah, up it is yeah. yes it is yeah. yes, so, yes. so they were, so they, were, they wanted to bring Ballincollig in for the rates but no services
1: attached to it well you see the sense of, Bal- of Valan, for instance because you get a lot of the north yeah. side but you also get east along through Mayfield and over along down into Barnavara and Glanmire yeah. and up to Carrick Tool and places like that yeah. and over along to Watergrass Hill so it makes perfect sense to have that in the west with Ballincollig that could do the likes of well, say for instance well, ovens as you talk about Lisarda. Well, yeah. That blarney, yeah. dripsy. Well,
15: God, God, God forbid, Neil, that we should have multiple fires that would happen at the one time, like we're seeing across you all up at the moment. What has she factored in for that?
1: What they can't factor in is they can't pay for it. Uh,
15: but so, how, how can you? How can you factor in the cost of uh, the? Loss oh, I, of know, money? I know, I know. I
1: know.
15: I know. No, no, no. Listen, if, if. Uh... If people in government have to cut their salaries to fund services for the people that elected them to represent them and represent their well-being, so be it. We're paying, no. we're paying astronomical pensions to, to guys uh, for what I don't know because they've drawn enough from the system down through the years and it's about time that there should be a bit of rationalisation uh, in that department to fund stuff for, the, for, for young couples the and matter. for people with children. The yes, that absolutely. Yeah. This is life and death stuff. This isn't, this isn't uh, figures on the paper at all. This could be multiple tragedies. We have more people now living in apartments that I I, I don't see fire escapes out of. So they're all coming down the same stairs. And what happens is there's, if there's fires on, on, on different uh, areas of landings and stuff.
1: I'm not going you're you're pushing an open door with me. I am not arguing well, at all. I hundred percent agree with you.
15: Yeah, but but you listen, this is this is up to the people. And Doherty doesn't live in in, in any of these places. She goes home from work, and and and, and that's it. And I bet you, I bet you does a fire service where she's living.
1: Okay. Why? Why? Um. Why did you find her condescending to the people of Noonans Road? She showed oh, up. Thought, she showed up. She.
15: she yeah, she, yeah, but she was. She was. She was what you call it. She was a. Well, it was economical with her answers like you know and stuff and whatever like this this problem has, no, granted this problem has been going on since before she got there and like uh, but once you took over the reins you take over the responsibility of everything that's before you. Mm, true. yeah, And, and starts, that's yeah. it, you you, you, remember going to school, we were told to ask for the want of a nail, the horse was lost. Yeah, yeah. Now that would be lost on many of the young people today but it basically boils down to that the horse was shot the nail in the shoe and eventually the horse went lame and the leg had to be cut off and the horse was a good.
1: And the war was lost, yeah, I know. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. There you go. Alright. Thanks as always, John. Text 0868-104-106 The fire brigade is like the army. No one wants it until they need it, says Pat. I bet the Balancholic fire brigade goes out as far as ovens in the Scarra waterfall if required. Are these in the numbers, says Sandra? Yeah, well, you would. yes indeed. That fire service, although technically part of the city, would of course go into county areas. Big difference between between the selling of tyres and putting out fires, please remind Colin Kelleher of that. Well, he's making a business a comparison, I suppose. He's doing nothing more than running with the fox and hunting with the hounds. The problem with our fire and rescue people is that they have two jobs and it does not matter how much money they make, the job will be hard to do. They have to leave their main job at short notice and go to an emergency call. Um, I'm not quite sure um, how that works when you say they have two jobs uh, follow the wages, the money made by Cork County Council is gone, look at the roads look at everything, where's the money remember all the traffic lights that went up around Cork that was because someone in Cork County Council added an excess zero to the order that's why we have so much traffic. Glanmire Roundabout's an example. Did that happen? Did they, did they incorrectly order too many traffic lights or something? I know that they had um, a budget that they couldn't spend on anything, so they decided to buy robot trees with the money at the cost of hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Do they also miscalculate traffic lights? Councillor Kelleher, there will never be change. Every time he's on air, even going back to when he was Lord Mayor, he speaks of complications and red tape. I've never heard a fella to cause as much confusion as him. He makes mountains out of molehills. This comes from a person with no political favourites. I just feel with fellas like him at the table, decisions will never be made, says John in White's Cross. And two quick ones. The Justice Minister is a disgrace and should resign. She was on the paper saying Dublin was safe on her walkabout, but she had four Gardaí with her to make sure she was safe. What a joke. Really? I suppose the Justice Minister would... Have protection on the streets, wouldn't they? Um but I know what you're saying. It's gonna be very safe when she's out and about with Four Guard E minding her. There's freeloaders outside Debenham's every day, begging, pretending to be homeless, and living in Blackpool, smoking and drinking naggins and eating sandwiches. Why don't the welfare chase them up and get them working? If it was you or me, we wouldn't get away with it, says Kieran. So thank you for those. Keep them coming. Text 0868 104 106 after the break. Call
2: the Neil Prenderville Show now, 0818-104-106, Red FM.
1: Talking yesterday about what would make the perfect pub. We all love going down the local, but what is it that makes the pub pub, pub perfect? Would it be a pub without phones, a ban on swearing, no TV, no music, no kids? And we were asking people, um, particularly online overnight, as to what would make the perfect pub. Um, And some lovely responses to this. Give me an example of one. Well... Uh, Yorick says, the Widows in Glanmire has all the ingredients of a proper pub. They serve the best pints around, always perfectly poured and served with passion. There's no piped music and there's no food unless you count a pink snack and a bag of Tato. The phone reception isn't great, which is perfect. They've an open fire and a few good characters frequent the establishment, including the owner Tim, who is a great character and a great man for the ball hop. And to stir things up, you need to leave your feelings outside the door. It's like therapy going into the widows. A great atmosphere, a few jokes being told, and the odd trad session, and never any hassle. A lot of worldwide and national problems have been solved over a few pints in there. Very well run by a proper publican. That, to me, is the perfect pub, sissy. Um, The perfect pub where everyone should be tested for drugs. Everyone I see in bars now is out of their head, and it spoils the crack. Another one. I love the pub in the old Killarney village of Ahado. There's always a lovely fire on, lovely country people, and some nights. There's Irish dancing and crack and kill. It's a brilliant spot, says James. The perfect pub, Neil. No televisions anywhere and good music. Fair enough. Fair enough if there's a big game on or something. Pull down the screen and show the game. But put it back up afterwards. Nothing worse than going into a pub and Coronation Street is on just for the sake of it. Another one suggests that the late Connie Donovan's pub, I hope I'm getting the name right, Old Marketplace, had a sign in the pub. It said, this is a family house, no swearing. (laughs) I wonder what happened if people did. Uh, Other people were saying, the perfect pub, good pints, good food, friendly staff and a good range of clientele and live music. Any pub without the above will struggle in this day and age. As in, you have to tick all of the boxes. Uh, Neil, the perfect pub is the one that's attached to my shed. And it's the shortest walk ever. Another person says, a traditional bar with good characters and great banter. I have happy memories of being with my dad in the Bowler's Rest in Blackpool. Um, And I'll come back to many of those, but do text what would make your perfect pub. I was telling you yesterday of an article I read in The Telegraph that we're talking about banning television, music, phones, radio, anyone that wore workwear shouldn't be allowed in, kids it had to have a fire, there should be no food, no cursing, and that the ban on smoking was a bad idea. So your thoughts are welcome to text 868 Just before I go, I just wanted to few things to go. I was telling you about a television show that I didn't see on Channel 4. It was called The British Miracle Meat. Uh, and it was um, the Greg Wallace show that were, I'm told pretending to be cultivating in a lab human meat for eating. Robert saw it though, Robert. So you wouldn't call this a documentary, but a shockumentary, was it?
11: Well, yeah, I'm like, we were thinking last night, and we came on this, like, and I said, I'd watch it, you know. And you um, we were led into it, like, and there was no kind of, it was just straight into it, like, the story was that they were, they were producing human meat for human consumption, and the labels are human meat made by humans. And you were it was introducing people down in samples, there was an elderly woman now and there was a young man and so when they went into the into the we we'll say the hospital or the surgery um they were put under the going to put on and they were they were all sort of interviewed and it was all very official news like you know you were sucked into this life so uh, the, the 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 elderly woman was asked that she wanted to get it from her hip or her shoulder or her back and and, uh, and uh, she gave her sample and the next thing they cut into the um the scientific lab where they were actually growing the, the meat they were, get, a, they were
1: growing the meat over the sa- sample that was given by the woman in the yeah. hospital as an example yeah, and okay. they were put together
11: like uh, maybe about four inches apart and the meat actually grew itself uh, to, to its name because actually, the it's photograph itself. has
1: a big slab of it um,
11: yeah, that was the result of, of the culture we'll say, and the meat after growing and this big slab of meat then was, was the final result of it and it was put on the table and you could actually make steaks out of it. You could do stewing beef or stewing this, blah blah. Disgusting. There was, there was two,
1: I mean, you and you yeah. watched. So I've been long gone it, from that. But anyway, go
11: it was on. T- it was unreal. It was really, but in a, there was three types of meat made, in it. there was a, a cheap cut, there was a kind of um, deluxe cut, and there was a premium grade. And this is that, what we used to mean: the, the premium grade. So we knew where the, the cheaper cut was coming from to the elderly people. And the, the, the kind of the medium grade, and you know, the deluxe grade was coming from fit young people. But the premium, we didn't know anything about until the, near the end of the show. And there was a chef there, no, I can't remember his name now, but he's a very good chef. He's a French guy, I think. He was
1: involved. Michelle in Roux Jr.
11: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's... Has he been involved in this now? I think he made a bad mistake because this is not
1: proper television viewing.
14: No.
11: The, at the end of the show, Neil, the... It, this very, very premium, tender meat came from children under the age of seven.
1: Oh, for God's sake, what the heck are they And clean, when I saw
11: that, Neil, I said, Jesus, what's this all about?
1: It was and a wind-up, though.
11: But, Neil, all through the show, it was, it was so well documented and so well done, you were not led to believe this is a wind-up. And... The only thing I'm They call them
1: mockumentaries, was, but they want to tell people in advance about a mockumentary.
11: Absolutely. I'm like, if that's what Channel Four are making me, right or not? You know. Um, okay. I mean, is okay. At the end of the director of the the show was Jonathan Swift. Now, when I saw that, though, in the in the in order you know, the, the credits at the of I said, Jesus, this must be a real wind up now. But I I watched it, and there was no. You know, if you had been affected by this, but there was nothing at the end of it. I know, like was just I, know kind of I
1: know, I know, I
11: know. I know. To use children in this mistake,
1: I I, I mean, I'm shocked that they did it at all. I'm quite sure there'll be a lot of complaints yeah. about it. But thank you. At least yeah. you saw it and you were yeah. able to share it with us. I wish I had more time, yeah. Robert. Mind yourself. I have to love it, love you and leave you for now, though, because I want to give away some more passes, our family summer passes that we've given away to loads of different fabulous tourist attractions for the families this summer. And this morning, it's Ballycotton Sea Adventures uh, who are right in the thick of the summer season and lots happening down Ballycotton Way. I'm joined by the tour guide, Derry Kyo. He joins me by phone. Derry, good morning. For the I'm I'm good man and for the little and I love Ballycotton I love every single part of it. So, um, So what with the the little time that we have, tell us exactly what's on offer now because I know it involves, among other things, a boat trip.
18: So, uh, what's on offer is a family a family trip out to see the Ballycotton Lighthouse. This is uh, organised by Ballycotton Sea Adventures. And we're open all summer, every day during the summer, uh, to take people out on the trip. It's it's a 10-minute boat ride out to the island and you'll be accompanied the whole time by one of the experienced guides and just one of six, team of sixes, Hazel, Clare, Anne-Marie, John, Eddie and myself. We're all locals and we're all steeped in the lore and history and uh, enthusiastic lighthouse fanatics as well. And do
1: you land land on the lighthouse?
18: Oh, we land, well, we land at a a little pier and then there's a nice... uh, Uh, a a leisurely but reasonably steep climb up to the top uh, and when we get up onto the top then we look around at the various other buildings and what is there and the amazing views and then go right up into the lighthouse and come out onto this magnificent balcony which has the most amazing views all of the East Cork coastline we can see down over as far as today now you will be able to see over as far as the Old head of sail all of the East Cork over along the Powerhead and into Cork and then to the east of us, over into Cape Island, and look up onto the mountains, over onto the Downs and the Galtees, and so on, and see the wonderful coastline and uh, uh, it. landscape behind okay. us. Uh, this absolutely this,
1: this lighthouse was put up in 1851, and of course it kept ships safe going into not just Cork Harbour in general, but also Yall, which would have been a thriving right. trading town That's at the time. Right. When was the When was the last lighthouse keeper on the island?
18: The last light keepers left there in 1992, and that was a very emotional day here in Ballycotton. The whole village came up to welcome the last light keepers off the island in 1992. So since then, it has been remotely operated, uh, and uh, from uh, the Irish Lights headquarters in Dublin. You know, so um, so we 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 lo- we, we actually love uh, having the opportunity now with the cooperation of uh, Commissioners of Irish Lights to be able to take people out and share the history and the stories and the lifestyle of the people that were there, you know? Okay. So, yeah, it's wonderful to keep that heritage alive. And of course, okay. it's a very unique light. Uh, our tour is a very unique one. Man, uh, there are about 14 lighthouses open in various different uh, means uh, around the country, part of the great lighthouses of Ireland. But the Ballycotton one is the only one that you go out in a boat to and can get up into it and and uh, spend some time just looking around and uh, seeing the amazing bird life that's out.
1: There as well, the and country. maybe yes. and maybe a bit yeah. of food then in um, in Sea Church afterwards yeah, See, with a bit of a appetite bit from of the Sea
18: Church. And that's right. Sea Church part of the same company and uh, and other hostelries around as well. Without so lots of options
1: there as well. And a walk along the cliffs. Then there's a beautiful walk and of in course, the most magnificent cliff
18: walk, which is what first introduced me to the lighthouse as we walk in the cliff walk Gorgeous many walk. years ago. And yeah. say, wouldn't it be lovely to get out onto the lighthouse well and then? So 10 if, years people, ago, if people want. The
1: book is about A book is it's ballycottonseaadventures Bally Bally
18: Sea Adventures. If you Google Ballycotton Sea Adventures, it will take you on to the site, and you can do all the booking, and you can book online. And uh, pick your time, pick your date, and Fair play. Uh, do the booking online. It's all it's all on the on on the website. Appreciate there. it. Have
1: a great summer, Derry. Thanks for taking the call, and thank you for the passes, Derek. He the tour guide of Ballycotton Sea Adventures. Get on board, guys, and I'll give away four passes now: two adults and two children, or one adult and three children, whatever works for you. We'll take callers nine, ten, eleven, and twelve family passes for Ballycotton Sea Adventures. Pick up the phone: oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Have a good day.